So we have reports now that Israel has launched a ground invasion of Gaza. There are numerous reports stating this to be the case. However, there are now conflicting reports coming out claiming that Israel has not invaded Gaza. And hey, this is how war goes, called fog of war for a reason. But even though there have been some statements put out by the IDF that they have not invaded Gaza, there are still numerous outlets asserting and repeating, no, they did. So it's hard to know exactly what's going on other than over the past several days, it has been an escalating conflict. And uh, I don't think we have a strong enough administration to deal with it, which is leading to these conflicts. Plus, you know, you, you, you'll you probably hear it from a lot of conservative commentators. Biden resumed funding to some of these Palestinian groups. And then all of a sudden, rockets start firing up. Now we're seeing brawls in the streets. There's a really brutal video of a, a, what appears to be a, a Jewish man being just covered in blood because he had words with a pro-Palestinian group and they, they beat the crap out of him. So things are getting crazy. People are, are taking this stuff extremely seriously. And, uh, you know, we'll get into all that. We also have news. The CDC has announced that if you are fully vaccinated, you no longer have to wear a mask, which was confusing to people in red states because they already don't have to. Even at where we are, they lifted the mask mandates. Mask, they've already announced the end of the mask mandates. So I don't know what Joe Biden's doing, but he puts out a tweet like, he's like, here's the deal. You either get the, the vaccine or you wear a mask. That's it. And everyone's like, shut up, you idiot. <laughs> he's only talking to like New York, basically. So we're going to get into all of this. And joining us today is filmmaker and now uh, you are a congressional candidate, Robbie Starbuck. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, do you want to give a brief introduction to who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I started out as a filmmaker. I've directed Oscar-winning actors, actresses, some of the biggest music stars in the world. And I came out as a Republican in 2015 and endorsed Trump. And I knew that that would burn down my career. It did. And um, I'm running for Congress now. Right on. We got Ian Jill. Oh, hello, everyone. Ian Crossland here. Thanks. Happy to be here. Robbie, great to meet you, man. Great to meet you, too. And I'm in the corner pushing buttons. I'm really looking forward to tonight's conversation because Robbie's a great conversationalist. <laughs> but before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive members-only segment. There's a big blue members-only button. You just click that and you can see you can sign up with Stripe or PayPal. And then in the members area, you can actually get access to this huge library of content, tons of interviews, six pages of just all of these different interviews you get access to. And I will also mention we have a free bonus segment that is already up from yesterday. It is Dave Smith and Ian talking about the Federal Reserve. That is free. If you go to the members area, you can watch it for free. But do sign up because in the event that we get banned, which is increasingly likely considering what's going on, this is where you'll be able to find the content. And with your support as members, we'll be able to keep producing content. Otherwise, the, the reality is we get funded based on like ads on YouTube and things like that. So if we ever did get banned, then it's like, how do you pay the bills? Well, because of the member program, we are now secure and have that safety net. So make sure you become a member. But also don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, give us a good review. Give us five stars. And if you're on YouTube, whatever, take the URL, post it to Twitter, post it to Facebook. That is the most powerful thing you can do to help the show. And it is really appreciated. Let's get into this first massive breaking story of which I will first admit I know a decent amount, but there's so much conflicting information about Israel and Palestine. Depending on who you ask, they will tell you you're lying. It's misinformation. And depending on which source you read, they'll give you conflicting information. There's some big hubbub right now because some celebrity put out this meme where it was like Israel are just colonists who are stealing land. Depending on where you go, you can get a, you can get a fist in the face based on what you're saying. But I, I, I got to be honest, I think we know which direction typically is the one going to be throwing those punches, and it's going to be the, the left-wing groups. And I just want to point out, right, so the big news is that Israel tro uh, Israeli troops have entered Gaza. 
Again, there's conflicting information. We'll, we'll get into this stuff. I'm just confused right off the bat how leftist groups are very much in support of, 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 you know, of Palestine and Gaza when their ideology is just not allowed in these places. But isn't that weird? You know what I mean? Oh, it's absolutely weird. But, you know, it's sort of like in war, you make alliances with unlikely friends, you know, and that's what they've done yeah. because at it, at their core, you know, Marxism and this sort of Islamist jihadists over there in Hamas, they're aligned in wanting to destroy the West and they're very anti-Israel. Did you, so, did, did you see what happened in um, Birmingham in the UK? Where the, the school wanted to do an LGBT curriculum. Yep. And then the Muslims came out and like women in like niqab were protesting. And it, it was just crazy. There was a, like, a, there was a gay guy saying like, we're fighting for you. And they're like, get out of here. And they were insulting him and using slurs. It's crazy stuff. I, I don't want to derail too much. Let's, let, let me, let me pull this up. We got the Washington Post here. All right. The Washington Post says it's true. Israeli troops have crossed into the Gaza Strip. The Israeli military said early Friday, as artillery tanks and warplanes joined in a withering assault on the Palestinian enclave, and the Israeli military readied at least three brigades of troops for action, raising the prospect of an all-out ground invasion. Just after midnight, the Israeli military announced that, that air and ground forces had joined in an attack on Gaza, but a military spokeswoman did not detail the number or type of troops that had crossed the border. For most of Thursday, the air war between Israelis and Palestinians had raged unabated with casualties uh, continuing to climb on both sides amid rocket fire and airstrikes. So I, I, we saw a story where I guess first Israel wiped out a bunch of Hamas commanders. Then we heard Hamas was like, OK, OK, we're done. And then Israel was like, nah. And then Hamas was like, all right, and then fired a bunch more rockets. Do you, have you been following this? I have been. And oh, I it's... think I think the first part of it, you know, where this all starts is they always use the propaganda of children as human shields. And that's how you get to this point is that, you know, they like to pretend that Israel is doing what they're doing with settlements for no reason, you know, in the and, West Bank, in the West Bank. And so, so what's the reason for it? I think the real reason is historically, you know, Hamas and groups like them, they wanted to push Jews into a part of Israel that was really only nine miles wide. And it, that's from sea to foothill and the reason for that was because they could essentially trap them into an area where they were very vulnerable and could you know take like them gaza out. yeah well here's here's the idea though is that those areas they used as places to bring weapons and so those weapons could be used on the jews in israel and now arabs in israel as well and so protecting that point was very important and it was something that has been, you know, a core in terms of the IDF's ideology and Israel's ideology since the Six Day War. And so it's an important part of maintaining their security for their citizens, which is their, you know, of utmost importance. And if I was running Israel, same sort of thing, you got to keep your people safe. So I think that's, they're protecting to make sure that weapons don't get into those areas. So there, there's a video that's going viral where this uh, Palestinian, I think he's in the West Bank, is being interviewed. And he, he basically says that the Israelis are coming and claiming they have the right to the buildings, to the property, and they're, 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 uh, they're calling it an eviction when they have no legal claim to any of this land anyway. And they're slowly removing Palestinians from the West Bank. So this went viral because, you know, the CNN lady was like, how do you, you know, how do you respond to, you know, they're saying that you're, that these are evictions. And the guy was like, do you support the displacement of my people? So what's going on here? I mean, I don't know if you're, well, I don't think you're an expert on this or anything. No, but. not entirely, but I do know a good deal about the history. And so essentially, you know, I think there's also people who state claims to that same land who are Jewish that, you know, essentially like who's going to be the court for that? 
Who's right, going right, to decide right. which is which? And the other thing people have to keep in mind is Hamas uses what looks like normal people in emotional situations as a weapon. So in those areas, if you see a video of a crying child and it's 10 seconds long, and then there's a post along with this, is this kid's crying because an Israeli soldier just did whatever to their dad. Right. There's no proof of that actually happening, but they use that all the time. You know, a Hamas, um, you know, news outlet just put out that if you see rockets coming, don't film it from your windows, please. Let, you shouldn't be able to see those rockets from your windows. There, there, there's a meme where it's... Uh, there's, you know you know the NPC meme? Yeah. Like the, so there's, there's an NPC guy, and I guess he's wearing a Maya or something. And he's like, Israel has a right to defend itself. And the regular guy says, so does Palestine. And then it shows the NPC pause and then get angry. And I'm like, well, ho- hold on, hold on. Uh, who fired the rockets first? Who, who, who's, who, which, which, which side was it? Palestine or was it Israel that fired? How far back are you going to go? No, no, no. I'm, well, I'm, you talk, I'm talk talking about, about right it, now. It, now. Like a week because, ago. Yeah, you, who fired the rockets first? Hamas. So so who's defending who? Yep. Israel's what, defending what, 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 How is it self-defense when they fire a bunch of rockets into civilian areas? Because they're under siege. Where? In, in the West Bank. Because because people in the West Bank are being kicked out of their houses. They're, they they don't have access to fresh water. They they can only be outside certain hours. So, they so, got across military checkpoints. Okay, so because there's a conflict in the West Bank, Hamas in Gaza fires rockets into various cities and civilian areas. It's messed up. That's 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 okay. So there's a reason that they call that terrorism, because in war. Typically, you target military targets, or yep. when you have a conflict in the West Bank, the conflict is in the West Bank. For them to fire rockets indiscriminately all throughout Israel, to me, I just look at that and I'm like, I understand. Like, if I had had landed, it was being you know taken over, whatever you know uh, settled, I'd be upset too. But I don't see how you win a war by firing rockets indiscriminately into like schools and buses and civilian areas. Yeah, so I just don't and see not it. only that, they set it up so that when Israel does respond, so 300 rockets come from a place in a residential area where they're firing them off. When Israel responds, innocent people die, so kids die, and they do that because at the end of the day, those kids are not kids to them. They don't see them as innocent, beautiful little human beings. They see them as weapons and shields. So they know that in the media, especially in the Western media, if you have that headline that two kids died, that that is an emotional. It even I mean, it it hurts everybody who who, you know, has a heart because they're kids, but they do that intentionally because they know that's going to be the case. That's why that news story came out saying, don't film us shooting rockets from outside your window. Why are you outside the windows of normal people shooting rockets? It's it's, it's really hard to figure out what's going on, too, because I don't speak the language. And you see these propaganda videos, and from both sides, right? There'll be a video of a guy, and he's speaking Arabic. And then, you know, I watched one video where there's a guy on the phone yelling, and it was from a pro-Israel commentator saying, this is a warning that that Israel has, has called the guy and said... That there are, there are rockets being fired from your building. You need to get everyone out because in one hour, we're going to fire a knock bomb. It's going to, you know, shock the building. And then I don't know if that's true because I can't understand a word that's being said. Yeah. But I can tell you, like I mentioned before, fire rockets indiscriminately. There, there was a meme I saw and then I think, I think it's fair and I, th- I think it's fair to bring up. If, if Israel laid down all of its arms right now, the Iron Dome defense system, mm-hmm. what do you think would happen? They'd be wiped out. Yeah, they'd probably be overrun. And if Palestine, if the if Gaza laid down their weapons, what do you think would happen? Well, they they basically have, except for the militant terrorist groups or the. Well, I mean, the that's that's the group though always that has arms, you know. Right. And and the problem is, is that normal people they're not doing anything to say, oh, this we don't accept this. They they're accepting of that's the situation and that they run things, you know. That, no, that look, so, I, I I saw videos where the rockets are being fired by Hamas and people are yay, they're cheering, they're cheering for it. Yeah. I I understand, right? If I was in an area and I believed it was my land, look, 
The problem is both sides are going to claim they're right. They have moral superiority for whatever reason. And I, from the outside, I'm trying to assess what do we do right now to stop the pain and suffering and death and destruction. And I see people cheering for rockets being fired indiscriminately into civilian areas. And I'm like, I understand the IDF uh, does airstrikes and surgical strikes, which also hit civilian areas. But Israel didn't fire the rockets first. Yeah. You can go back at Six Day War in Egypt and sign up, you know, all that stuff. Right now, everybody's chilling. There's tensions. Everybody's been fighting. They've been fighting for a long time. And then all of a sudden, you see this video of just rockets flying through the air. And then you see the aftermath because the Iron Dome can't intercept every single one. And I've, I've talked to people who uh, I, I've met, I met a skateboarder who was from Gaza who talked to me about a whole bunch of stuff. And it was really interesting. And his perspective was, was, was really nuanced. He's, he was like, the problem is it's a war with both sides asserting moral superiority. And he was like, my family decided to leave and he was fortunate enough to get out. And then I've met people in Israel who are like, I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't know. All I know is that one day a rocket exploded above my apartment and I was terrified. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, this has been going on for so long. It's, it's gotten to the point where, let me use another, another place as an example, the, uh, Belfast. You ever been to Belfast? No. Northern Ireland? Ireland, yeah. So there's, they have something called the Peace Wall. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's crazy what was going on in Northern Ireland. Not the same thing, but I remember when I was there and I was being showed around by this, by this dude. He, and, and on, on the one side of the Peace Wall, it's like free Palestine. And I was like, yeah, and go figure. It's like a leftist thing. On the other side, it said pro-Israel. And I was like, why are people in, in, in what is this? This is, this is Belfast. And what, what the dude there said to me was, it's tribal. It's, it's been so ingrained, the hatred between each side, that they don't really care as to what's causing the fight. The fight is here. The fight is real. And they want to wipe the other side out. So I understand someone's going to go back and be like the crimes of this, you know, the crimes of that. It's like, well, what can we do right now? Because y'all just can't be mad at each other forever. There's got to be something we can do. And we can start by not firing rockets. Yeah, well, I ask people, too, you know, when it comes to the civilians getting hurt, the question people need to ask is if Hamas was firing rockets at Israel from a military base or from a field somewhere, where would Israel be dropping their bombs? They'd be dropping them on the field. Yeah, exactly. But Hamas is choosing to make those strikes on purpose in civilian areas where they don't have military assets. They're not trying to hit an Israeli military asset. They're trying to hit normal people. Look, do you see that? I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm just I'm done playing these games. I'm not going to pretend to know the full history of Israel, Palestine. I know a, a bit about it. But that woman posted earlier, uh, it was Israel, but the whole thing was flowers and said Palestine. Then you had that other guy. Remember that guy who was working for Bernie or whatever who said something about driving them out to the sea or whatever? Do you remember that? I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like these people are like, no, no, we believe in peace. Hmm. And then they start chanting to drive the Jews the into the sea or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. dude, I don't Which, believe you, man. That goes back to the nine mile thing that I was right. talking about at that narrowest point. That's they want they want them to be in the narrowest possible so- vulnerable position. I'm sorry. The, the the thing that was being chanted was like free Palestine from the whatever from the river to the, to sea. the yeah from the river yeah. to the sea. It's a song, yeah, I think. it's a song. And then you had that woman again. It's like it's Israel and it just says Palestine and there's flowers everywhere. And people are like, dude, we get what you're saying. You want Israel destroyed. They don't want it there. And I'm sorry, but like you can go back to the 60s and say we have problems with all this. You can go back to the the, 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 the European powers and they're dividing up lands and all that. Bro, I wasn't alive back then. I don't know about the sins of the father or whatever. All I know is like, can we stop the fighting somehow? We can. Uh, this is the theocracy is what concerns me. In the United States, we've got the freedom of religion, which is amazing because mm-hmm. you can have coexisting cultures and religions and we all get along for the most part. But 
in Israel and Palestine, it's it's different cultures and religions and languages, and because Bro, of that, have you ever been to Israel? There's mad conflict. No, it, you can you. I, I've I've they been have lots to, of Arabs, and and I and I I've been there, and it's like cosmopolitan urban metro. It it, it was like you walk around, people are. I've been to I've been to Egypt and Morocco, and I have seen the theocratic rule. I I was uh, there's a casino in the Hilton of Egypt. And I was hanging out with this Egyptian guy, and I was like, yo, you want to hit up the casino? And he goes, oh, I can't. It's illegal. Yeah. And I was like, what? He's like, you can. And I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only only people who are Muslim. If you're Egyptian, you're not allowed to go to the casino. It's illegal. Mm-hmm. But for everyone else, it's legal. And I'm like, wow. All right. I went to the casino. And it was foreigners hanging out inside. I, go to, I went to Israel, and it was like hanging out in Boston or whatever. Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. very urban, metro. It's a, it's Mor- Morocco is the, the same thing. I've been to Morocco. Same thing where like they don't accept any outside thought or culture at all. I mean, it's very narrow in terms of what they're okay with. Yep. And so that's like, if you want to see that, that's where that is. I think, I think Israel is technically a Jewish state, right? Yes. So whereas the United States isn't a Christian state where we don't have a national religion. I mean, it's, we don't have a national religion, but I think if you went back and you said, okay, what is the core, you know, sort of basis in terms of like fundamental morality in our country, it would go back to Judeo Christian values a hundred percent. But that's sort of the beauty of freedom of religion here is we don't say, Hey, you have to believe this, but they also don't say in Israel, you have to believe this. It's just so happens, you know, they're, they're very forward in terms of the fact that this is a home for Jewish people. You know, and I think that that's it's it's different than us, but it's no less accepting of outside belief systems. Judaism is a very interesting religion because it's it's a religion and a culture, and it's the only religion I think on earth that's also a culture. Like you if mean, your you mother, mean, you mean an ethnicity? If, yes, it's an ethnicity right. and a religion. If your mother was Jewish, then you're mm-hmm. Jewish, or and you can go get become a, a Jew by going to like a rabbi and worship the. So it's and it's that's that's converting. It, it can that it concerns me not that it's a good or a bad thing it's not that but I think it's it's so ingrained in who these people are who, who a Jew is is that you don't have to practice Ju- Judaism in Israel and they're fairly secular right it's 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 yeah. fairly remarkable for the Middle East to be I, honest I had a question um, from my understanding it sounds to me like Israel is the only country in that part of the world that is okay with uh, like homosexuality and that kind of thing. Is this correct? They don't throw people off buildings I mean, for yeah. it or anything <laughs> like that. I mean, people have their own private belief systems, you know, and that's it's sort of similar to the United States in that regard. Like, I mean, it's kind of somewhat live and let live. Even if I have different opinions than you or I don't like this, like they're not going to go and try to hurt the person. You know, another thing to keep in mind, too, is like Israel wasn't the one trying to, you know, put all these and impose all these sanctions on everybody. If you look at the surrounding countries and say how many of them have a ban on somebody with an Israeli passport from being able to travel, it's the majority of them. Right. Don't it's, let it's anybody. Not even, the, it's, it's other uh, Muslim nations too. Yeah, I think absolutely. I'm not entirely sure, but doesn't Indonesia have something similar in so, terms of banning them? Yeah, if you have, it's, if you have, an, if it's you have an, a lot of them, a lot yeah. of the, the Islamic nations do not allow people with Israeli passports, even if they don't live there, if, even if they have another, you know, passport from another country, they won't let you in if you have a code nationality. So this is something that they, they talk about when uh, you're doing international journalism. If you go to Israel and you get a stamp on your passport, you are banned from a whole bunch of countries. Mm-hmm. And so there's two things you can do. You can get what's called the dupe duplicate passport and you literally go to the u.s government and say i need a passport to go to israel and they give you a, a very like it's like a very temporary one it's good for like a year and that's the one you use for going to israel that way you have your other passport you can go to these other countries uh but what israel started doing was they were instead of stamping passports they were giving uh, uh, uh visa cards that they would put in the passport and then you wouldn't get a stamp because they knew that 
people don't view them as legitimate and you can't go to a ton of countries. And we're not talking about just the Middle East. I'm pretty sure it was like either Indonesia or Malaysia or something. Where There's countries in Africa too, same thing. Right, but right, right. the one thing they all have in common is that they're Islamic governments, you know, where mm-hmm. they're explicitly. So actually, you know what? The Jewish religion would not be the only one that is also a culture and all those things. You know, Islam is too. In fact, Islam is to a much greater degree in terms of how many countries are like that. Well, it's not an ethnicity. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, that, that's definitely true. You can be ethnically Jewish and not religious, but you can be you can be religiously. Yeah. I, I, that, that's why the culture it's a, it's a it, right, it has right, right. its own culture entirely yeah. that turns into like a nationalism of its own sort of making. You know, you know, I just uh, when when I when I look at the whole situation, I think one thing that the left is correct about is that Israel has the military support of the West. And because of that, they're in a dominant position. And I'm like, I look at that and think to myself, it's a war that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And whose side are you on? I don't live there. I don't know. I know the U.S. provides support technically for both factions. You know, Biden, do you know, do you know who he was providing funding to? I know Ben Shapiro was tweeting about it. Yep. He was giving funding to essentially to Hamas because he's giving it to Palestine. And we all know what happens when you give money to them. I think it's on purpose. It's, it happens. Oh, well, I mean, where were all of these rockets while Trump was president? Right. Because this didn't happen. I, and I think, you know, I, I think it's on purpose. I think. In order to justify military expansion in the Middle East, they need conflict. Yep. They need to say, oh, no, oh, geez, oh, Israel's in danger. So we better bring out more troops. We better have more occupation. And so surprise, surprise, money starts flowing into Palestine as soon as Joe Biden's back in, in yep. land and the rockets start flying. And then we provide the support for Israel. So I'm not, I'm not saying I know that to be a fact. I'm saying that seems to be a plausible idea in my book yeah. that we, the military industrial complex wants occupation in various countries, Iraq and Afghanistan particularly, because we know they want to go into Iran. We know they want Syria for access to the pipeline. Yep. You need conflict to justify it. I'm not even going to say that this is what I believe, but false flags are real. And if a country fakes it and says, we just got attacked by another country, but they did it to themselves, and then that gives them justification for a ground invasion, that's happened in the past. I don't, I don't think, think that's... That, I, I don't know, but no, I don't but think I, it happened. I, I, I don't I, think... I'm just pointing it out. I, the, the, when, when, you, when you look at the set of facts in terms of the invasion of Iraq, Afghanistan, the mainstream media lying to us, you can see the establishment very, very much wants to be occupying these places. Mm-hmm. There was a report that came out in The Guardian that the U.S. was planning on entering Syria well before the Syrian civil war. Why? The Qatar-Turkey pipeline competing with Russian natural gas in Ukraine by sending up a, a pipeline through Syria and Turkey. But Assad said no. All of a sudden, war breaks out. The U.S. says now's our chance. Conflict erupts. The U.S. wants to occupy these places. Donald Trump comes in and he says no new wars. And they start yelling at him. Donald Trump says, I want the troops out of Syria. They lied to him and they lied to us to keep troops in Syria. Then Trump says, pull the troops out of, out of Afghanistan. And they said no, and they wouldn't do it. They defied Donald Trump. They yep. defied what the will of the people was because they want to be there. Now, I think they will do everything in their power to have that justification for doing it. Joe Biden literally is providing funding to Palestinian groups. And then within a few months, rockets start flying through the air. I'm not saying it, it's a, a fact. I'm not saying I have evidence of this. I'm just saying it would not surprise me. If the administration, if Biden and the Democrats were like, how can we get more conflict to justify a military presence in the Middle East? Well, we can provide funding to certain groups that will result in conflict and chaos. That's what the CIA did with the Mujahideen. Now, as for for they learn their lesson, though, here's the thing. Like at a certain point, they have to learn their lesson. We all understand there was no WMDs. Okay, so if you really wised up, say you're pretending you're them. 
it doesn't really make as much sense to coordinate some kind of false flag or a lie through the media. It would make a whole lot more sense just hand the money over to a group that wants to bomb somebody else. This is the, this is the big know? secret about conspiracy theories. People think like the, the journalists are working for the CIA, ooh, uh, pro- uh, Operation you know Mockingbird or whatever it was called, and uh, it's not, it's, that's not how it works. Uh, these leftist news organizations, they don't. Hire a journalist and say, and now you'll report the lies we tell you. Ha ha ha. They find some activists and say, you're good at what you do. Would you like to be a journalist? And then they bring activists on. Activists who don't care for reporting. They care for politics. And they espouse the politics of the political, uh, the the politics of the individual who runs the company. Yeah. 100%. That's so, so you don't need to hire an assassin. You don't need to hire the, the shills. You find people who are already predisposed to certain behaviors, and you fund them to exacerbate whatever it is they're doing. Well, and look at step two, too. Who else did we give money to? Iran. You know, they're the next domino here. What, what, <laughs> not, what now we're do? firing warning shots yeah. at them. And, and yeah. But we gave them money. So. There was conflict with Trump, you know, in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in Iran before this, too. So I think the U.S. The, – the idea is that if we leave the Middle East as a power vacuum – Taliban will come in, terror groups will come in, ISIS will come back or something equivalent to it, or Russia and China will come in. So we have to be there. How do we justify being there? American people don't want to be there. The American people are like, we don't want to waste money sending our our men and women in mm-hmm. uniform overseas for this stuff. And then some bombs go flying and there's a conflict and people are fighting in the streets. And then it's like, oh, now we got to stay. Well, at what point do we ask ourselves, though, what were they doing before we went there? Were these groups fighting with each other, killing each other back then? So where has it gotten us having our people get killed there? Well, I mean, here's the here's the here's the big challenge, I suppose. Why are if that's if the issue is America first, why is America getting involved in is Israel's politics as it is and just saying have at it? I would say that the reason there is strategically aligning ourselves with something that keeps us safer too because that whole area if there's nothing deterring them from being able to go and turn their fire, say they destroy Israel and we we just do nothing and we allow that to happen. Well, they have to turn the anger and all of the things that they've enacted out on Israel onto somebody else. And in general, the thing they hate the most after that is the West in general. I will. I w- so I in, will say in that sense, it's this strategic ally. If if there is a real argument for the, the power vacuum in the Middle East and we're invading countries because of it, I think that's wrong. If the alternative is Israel is literally there and we can provide support to make sure they're safe and secure, that's a big difference. That's very different from invading a bunch of other countries. Exactly. And that's where I stand is let's make sure that they have the ability to exist because they should be allowed to exist and make sure they're safe. But I don't want to be in any of these places anymore. They've been doing this for thousands of years. It will continue for thousands of years. And I don't want Americans to die as part of that math equation have you seen that there's a video i think it's called like this uh this land is my land god made this land for me and it's an animation showing all of the different groups that have been fighting over the holy land for thousands of years and it's like it's 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 one song and it's like every time the new person comes in and tramples over the next group i've seen that they're singing the same song and it just goes back and forth of every single group i haven't seen this it's 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 like this this 
conflict will never end because everybody is like, it was historically my land. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but if you go back even further, it was my land. Well, even yeah. further, it was my well, land. Well, don't, don't discount the possibility that Israel may try to actually end this in terms of with Hamas because they know that Biden's going to be paralyzed right now because yep. if Biden steps in and does anything that is anti-Israel at this point, it will confirm everything that has been said about the Democratic Party for the past six years, that they're anti-Israel and that they are not friendly to the Jewish people. And if he does that, that's going to create a whole host of other issues Well, we, 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 we just saw this story. Biden basically defended defended Israel. Uh, he literally defended Israel. He says that there hasn't been a significant overreaction as IDF bombards Gaza and troops mass on border. Hmm. Yeah, Biden is paralyzed. Yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have the ability to be strong and firm. It's just not within him. He's going to stumble and mutter in his words and fall asleep halfway through. So if anything, we, we could discount any you know conspiracy theories about military industrial complexes or whatever. Fine. But it could very well just be that Hamas is like Trump's gone. Green light, yeah, because Biden ain't gonna do anything about it, and then Israel's like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna strike back." And what's Biden gonna do about it? Exactly. And at this point, Israel may be making the calculation: Why not go and do all this? The irony in all of this is that for the left who pretends to care about the Palestinians. Trump was the best president for them because he was able to keep the whole house in order because you almost had this like, you know, this chaotic energy all the time that was keeping everybody on their toes there. So if anybody got out of line, he was able to step in and be like, well, if you do this, it's going to happen. And they don't know what kind of wild card he's going to throw at them. Look, that's the difference with Biden. They both know he's paralyzed. Exactly. Look at the Abraham Accords. Yep. You had these Arabic nations signing these peace treaties and these deals and these economic ties with Israel. And no explosions. Yep. But you know what? That's why I was saying that's bad for the military industrial complex. 100%. That's bad for the establishment that wants gas pipelines. And then it's really funny because I think it was I don't know if it was I don't know if it was Jack who pointed this out, but they shut down the uh, Gretchen Whitmer in uh, in Michigan yep. wants to shut down where this, this oil pipeline. Yep. It's dangerous, it's dangerous. The Colonial Pipeline hack, they shut down Keystone. We went from being energy independent to energy dependent yep. very quickly. We and it provides another excuse yep. to have a presence yep. in the Middle East. A hundred percent. We talked about this just like a couple hours ago. We were saying that essentially, you know, we need to get to the point as a nation. This is part of being anti-war. We need to be energy independent because if we're not, then we need to be worried about every time an oil field gets captured by a terror group or gets burned by a terror group. We were in they a place to. under Trump where if that happened, it wasn't such a big problem for us unless you're investing in oil, you know, in the stock market. But for American people at the gas pump, it wasn't a big problem because we were energy independent enough to deal with whatever came outside there because we had enough here. With yeah. Biden, you don't. It's it's awfully convenient for those who wanted to keep our military in Syria. Yep. I remember when uh, Trump wanted to pull out of Syria and then they basically were like, but the oil. So Trump says, okay, fine. We're keeping in just enough troops to get the oil. And he just blurts <laughs> it out. It was really funny because the anti-war left is continually like, Trump's admitting exactly what the U.S. is doing. Yeah. And they don't get it. Trump was admitting it on purpose. He doesn't want yep. – Trump did not want to be there. Trump didn't care about it. All Trump cared about was America, America first, energy independent, bring our jobs back, make America great again. Yeah. He didn't care about being in Syria. Yep. So when they were like, we're not going to pull our troops out, Trump was like, why? Because they're guarding oil. Trump said, then get everyone else out and guard the oil. And then he goes on TV and says, don't worry, we still have all their oil. <laughs> and everyone's like, don't you appreciate he's pulled the curtain yeah, back? He's, he's breaking the fourth wall and telling you exactly what this is. This is all theater to distract you from what's really going on. This is
is what's really going on. So if that's what they want here, they can have that. But we're not going to do this. Remember, yeah. remember when Trump was standing outside, like by the helicopter or whatever. And he's like, we're doing a great weapons deal with Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's going to be great for our economy. We're going to make billions of dollars giving <laughs> weapons to this country. And the anti-war left was just like, he, he just admitted it all. He just came out and said it. They actually called like, That was the beauty of Trump, though, you right. know, in so many ways. And, and I think that it's something we're going to see again when he comes out and do, does these rallies. But he was just so transparent about all these things. And in a weird way, so much of our country was not ready for that transparency because he, they were conditioned, you know, through many different things. But, you know, just this exposure effect by itself of your whole life being exposed to people who lie to you. Right. Having this person just blurt out. The truth all the time <laughs> sounds crazy. He lied about weird, stupid things a lot. Yeah. But like the important stuff, he would just blurt out the truth. <laughs> and people were so conditioned to having people in positions of power lie to them that that was like. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Just an earthquake. This was how you could tell the agenda of Trump was, was, uh, was legitimate. He would lie about things. When he would lie about something, you knew it was something he actually cared about, domestic policy or his character. And then he would be openly just like, oh, yeah, we're getting the oil and we want to pull everybody else out and we're selling weapons to these countries. He didn't care about that. He didn't want to keep doing it. It meant nothing to him. So he had no problem telling people because it wasn't part of his agenda. Yeah. The things he was lying about, like you know, Stormy Daniel stuff or just like ego stuff. Number of people. Number of people at his rallies. <laughs> it were things that directly impacted his 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 mission agenda and stature in the United States. And it's I, I there's the intercept said that he was the simultaneously the most honest and the most dis deceitful president we've ever had, because on these really important issues, he would just like open his mouth and tell you everything. Well, the thing that they you know, they never honestly actually talk about is that he's an entertainer. He's not a politician. And when you're an entertainer, you're a storyteller. When you tell stories, things are naturally going to kind of get a little bit grandiose, you know? And I think that to some degree, people need to have common sense and understand that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, too, when, when he had the inauguration and he was like, there was more people who watched this than any other group. And the media was like, that's a lie. That what they do is these clever tricks where Trump says we had the biggest inauguration ever. The media then goes, there were only, you know, 50,000 people at in in DC which is which which means Trump lied and it's like did Trump say only in attendance or was he referring to all viewership online in in general yeah and so they they always make the assumption in the most in the, in the worst possible way to make it look like he's lying or being manipulative that was that that's what the media did the whole time and i got that's I, the story I, of I'll his presidency you. that right, is the exactly. story of the presidency now we now we got Joe Biden 
And I just got to say, it's really funny because I honestly didn't think we would all be so spot on. You know, mm-hmm. all of the like, I, I don't want to necessarily say conservative, but Democrat critical or establishment critical personalities, be it the disaffected liberals or the conservatives, were like, Joe Biden's going to have a radical left policy agenda. It's going to cause more war. Gas prices are going to skyrocket. The riots are going to continue. And I mean, I genuinely thought all that would happen, but I kind of felt like we wouldn't be like five for five. I thought it would take six months. <laughs> That's more. the thing. I didn't know it would be this fast. Right? He's like, I mean, he's like on some sort of weird kind of failure speed. I didn't know this they made it. Been <laughs> he's doing speed balls for failure because no, 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 no. he's why... just like a rocket. And in every other way, he's like asleep. I know. No, no. <laughs> remember that quote from Joe Biden? I, m- I mentioned it the other day where he was like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he goes, the one thing that you got to do, you know, to be great. And when when you're it's uh, anyway, <laughs> do, do you remember when he did that? Yeah. He's like, anyway, anyway, so, so hold, hold I'll on. move on. Hold you on. guys want me to move on here? I'll tell you what I think is happening. Biden comes out and he's all like, you know, shaking and confused. And it's, you know, they're like, what's your plan? Better And then all the Democrats are just clapping and cheering for it. Yeah. And all the conservatives are like, the dude's insane. He's, he's <laughs> off his rocker. He's, his brain isn't working. And then he goes, I, I'm gonna get in trouble if I take questions. So I'm gonna break, break, get out of here. He walks backstage and he's like, oh, bro, where's Jill? And then he goes, stands up straight and he goes, <laughs> we're done now. <laughs> Moving forward. I want hi- hyperinflation. We're gonna decimate this economy. We're gonna drop consumerism. Yeah. Climate change is a very serious problem. <laughs> now, over here, I want more more immigrants coming through the border. So resent Trump's orders and we're going to reopen these facilities. We want to create chaos, ladies and gentlemen. Get the job done. And get me another 50 million of Bitcoin. <laughs> At least you think he's a bumbling fool. Mm. But I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying at a certain point, the failures. How could you be in terms of like policy positions in four months? Oh, and five. Like the riots are still happening. Inflation is getting worse. These are his policy positions. 100%. They're, they're dropping the charges on Antifa. He's giving out more money for people not to work. He's rescinded Trump's executive orders. He's reopened the migrant facilities. He's funding these Palestinian groups. How could that be an accident? It can't be. It can't be. And by the way, you have to use the correct term. It's not inflation that's happening. Happening. It's Bidenflation. Bidenflation. Yes, oh, Biden that, was that Fasobic who came up with it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. That was the first thing. But, but it is. It's Biden inflation. It's stagflation. Yeah. It's people not working yeah. and inflation at the same time, which yeah. is like the worst, most dangerous thing. thing possible. I just I can't believe it's uh, an accident. It's not. When it's I not. saw the story from The Guardian where it was like Gretchen Whitmer orders the closure of an oil pipeline in Michigan, I was like, get out of here. There's no way it was a coincidence that we have a pipeline shut down, the Keystone's shut down, and people are running and filling up garbage bags with gas. And then she's like, now's a good time to shut down another pipeline. Yep. That, that's You're clearly spot on, purpose. on You're spot on. And this is not the first time that any of this has happened. This is the playbook to color revolutions, to bringing Marxism into a country. You need to make it as weak as possible in so many different areas that all you have to do is kick one leg of that desk out and it's all going to topple because every single one of them has been loosened. Frogs, frogs in a pot. You, you, if you, so we talked about this before, shocking the system. I've been saying we should abolish the police for the, for the past couple of months. Why? Most of the good cops have left. We've got tremendous reports, uh, a Michael Tracy report on this, huge numbers of people arrested for not wearing masks or for running small yeah. businesses. You had a woman in so- south of Minneapolis arrested because she opened her coffee bar during COVID. So you have cops arresting these people. Meanwhile, Antifa's getting cut loose. I get it. The cops still arrest them, but they get cut loose. Now most of the good cops have quit and what's left are the cops who will do whatever they're told. If you leave the system as it is, we can already see what's happening. Black Lives Matter calls the police. 
They, they're, they're at a guy's house. He brandishes a shotgun in his own home. They call the cops. The cops arrest him from his own home. They don't want to abolish the police. They've weakened the police department, demoralized them to the point where they can get cops who will come in and enforce anything they're told. Conservatives now need to be, uh, need to be paying attention to this because they're frogs in a pot boiling, defending the police and the changes are slow enough to where within a year, you're going to have your woke police force. They're going to arrest you in your own home. They're already doing it. In which case you can be a frog in a pot or you can be a frog. Someone threw a, a rock at. Yeah. Get shocked so out of it. You got to think about it. I, I would say this. This would be my pushback to it is that I think that the country is so divided that in the cities that are controlled by Democrats, the police forces, the police chiefs have been chosen by the Democrat mayors. The police forces have been neutered, essentially. And you're right that most of the good people have left. And so what we have left there in those cities is police departments that essentially bow down to the mob. But in the rest of America, we we don't. Like in most parts, there's some places where we've seen them act crazy over COVID orders and stuff like that. But I can say in Tennessee, like our local police, they refuse to enforce right. any of the mandates. They refuse to enforce anything like that. And so that's a very different world. And none of those officers well, are so, leaving their jobs. Well, so let's, let's, let's clarify. You know, I'll, I'll clarify. When the left says abolish the police, they're not talking about Tennessee. They're talking about New York City. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, yeah, go absolutely. for it. Let I just want to clarify thing. that from my home state. Um, um, so, you know, I think that that idea that it's all one thing is something we have to be very clear about. But in terms of what's happening in the big cities, you know, honestly, I don't know exactly what the answer is because let them, let when, them get rid of their cops. When care. you look at it, you know, if that's what all of them want, they're going to have to see what the outcomes are. And honestly, I think the real answer is, is for the police who are there right now and are putting themselves in harm way in harm's way when they bow down to these people, they need to walk away from their job. Ultimately, my point was. If we keep sitting here as the police departments are attacked and demoralized and good cops quit and bad cops take jobs, we are frogs in a pot being boiled. And you won't realize when the change has happened, when all of a sudden your cop knocks on your door and says, you know, where's your critical race theory book? Prove you have it. You'll just be like, how did we get to this point? Because if at any point, if the Democrats came out right now and said, we're going to mandate that all police arrest anybody who, who, who displays white privilege, people would revolt. It would be, the people would freak out. They'd be screaming. They'd be like demanding people get fired. You do it slowly over the course of a year or two years or From three the years. Bottom up. And then people are just like, did you hear about John? He got something about white privilege. I don't know what happened. And then one by one, these things keep happening. And then eventually it's normal. It's incrementalism. If you do it. So I'll, I'll, I'll use the story of eBay, which I've told before. When eBay first started, the website was yellow. You ever hear the story? No. The website was yellow. Hmm. One day they decided we want to redesign the website. They made it. They made the website white. They got inundated with complaints. People were like, I hate it. It's awful. So they changed it back. Every day, they incremented it one shade closer to white over the course of a year. A year later, the website was white and no one complained because yep. it was so gradual. No one noticed. So right now, what's happening is you mentioned like Marxism and coming in and weakening the country. If they came in and stood up and said, we, you know, I'm, I'm a Marxist candidate who wants to run for office, they'd never win. Nope. You get in the Democratic Party. Now they've gotten to the point where they've actually entertained socialism and it's working. Yep. Now they can tell you socialism is a good thing. Socialism is great. And now people are starting to actually, yep. they, they I, rem I remember like two or three years ago, they added the word socialism to the Democratic Party Wikipedia page. Yep. Tenets, socialism. They're doing it slow enough because you can't just do it all at once for a few reasons. People notice right away a massive change and don't like it, but they need to make it uh, transition along with the aging demographics. Yep. So when we have these leftists on the show and they're in their 20s and they're like, you got to vote for Joe Biden. And then I mention 
the Obama administration, they go, oh, I was 15 when that happened. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so when they were blowing up kids, so you weren't paying you'll attention. You'll learn this so. time. <laughs> you'll learn this time. But it's not just about the individual. It's about the, yeah. the demographic. So You're if, spot on because like right. Cas- Fidel Castro, if you ask somebody, is Fidel Castro, was he a communist? You're going to be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, he never admitted he was in the lead up to the revolution. He only admitted he was a Marxist after they'd consolidated enough power. He had already taken power. And they had an alliance with the Soviet Union. That's when he said, I'm a Marxist. Before that, he said, I'm a humanist. I'm a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, you showed communist. us that image where yeah. it was like a humanist revolution. Yeah. And then we know what happened after that. Yep. You look at what happens and uh, I- I'm sorry. I-, I-, I can shout this out whenever I get the opportunity. Maduro giving a speech to a starving nation in Venezuela <laughs> and then just reaching into a drawer, pulling out an empanada <laughs> and taking a big old bite. You know what I'm going to do? That is, that, is, that is them encapsulated. <laughs> can we sell that as an NFT? You know, it's like that's that's the Marxist we were talking about. I can't about believe it. he did that. I know it's insane. They, they're, they're so brazen. Mm-hmm. They know that once they've demoralized you to that point, he can eat food in front of you as you starve, and no one will do anything about it. Yep. Step one is get on TV and treat Americans like dogs and tell them that uh, you know they they can get a prize. Well, hold on, dogs are treated pretty well in this country. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> maybe like. But I'm like talking about the training aspect. The training aspect, saying you can have your treat if right, you take right, your right. medicine. Okay. That like we saw today. Yeah, what was that? What was it? Was that thing from Biden? I don't have it pulled up. You know, he's like, if you get your vaccine, you otherwise you wear a mask. That's the deal. And I'm yep. like, no, no, it isn't, Joe. Like, I don't live wherever it is you live. Okay? Yeah. Because even though he said that, DC's operating under different rules. So the CDC comes out and they're like, if you're vaccinated, you don't got to wear a mask. Well, Washington, D.C. doesn't care. They said that Washington, D.C. It's a federal jurisdiction, but they're doing whatever they want. Texas hasn't cared for some time. Yep. They've, they've got no mask mandate. Florida, the same. And out here, they've already announced the end of the mask mandates in several states. And some of them are blue states. And I'm like, I don't know who he's talking to. Who's who's Joe Biden talking to? New York City, I guess. He's talking to himself through the guise of his abusive father in the fifties. <laughs> when that's how they talk, the meaner and the more cruel you were, the more likely the kid was to be subservient and say yes, sir. I don't know, man. I I, I look at how kids are getting raised today, and it's like, I I I feel like kids today are the exam are the the epitome of shut up, mom kind of kids. Well, oh, the disrespect today yeah. is crazy. We got to get that under control in America. Especially dads need to like be a dad. Don't let them don't let them talk to their mom disrespectfully and to teach them how to treat people because how they treat people at home. That's going to be a reflection of how they treat people on the outside. And you don't need to be this brutal dictator of a parent to instill respect. Lead by example. And the first time they step out of line, take away everything that they, they like playing with and doing. And that that'll effectively work yeah, most of the time for me. So yeah. I, a privilege. I, yeah. I referenced the intercept when talking about uh, Donald Trump and they called him the most honest and deceitful president. Have you guys seen the Intercept story that came out about the D.C. riot squad? We talked about it, yeah. Okay. Yep. For those that are listening at home, we are good friends with the riot squad. They are awesome people. They come Mm -hmm. on the show every so often. Whenever there's like a big event, Richie and, you know, Jorge and, and, and the whole crew, they're here. And... We talk about what happened. Like, hey, you were on the ground. Tell me your, tell me your thoughts. And they're always very explicitly like, we're not political. We're not pro or anti. <laughs> like, you know, we can criticize violence and all that stuff. Richie's very, very like strict about like, it's not my political opinion. I'll tell you what they did. You know, like Antifa did these things. That happened. I was there. He told us about what happened in DC in January 6th. He was down there at the Capitol filming it and he got smeared by the New York Times. They called him a rioter because he was there filming and his shirt got, came off. Anyway. The Intercept writes this, uh, uh, this, they make this 24 minute video claiming that the riot squad, our friends, 
are like right wing misinformation to distort the facts and smear Black Lives Matter. So we have this from the National Review. They say we shouldn't need the riot squad, but we do a response to the intercept. They say, if you were lucky enough to get off the internet for any extended period of time last summer, you probably would have had no idea that cities across the country were being consumed by political violence on a scale unseen since the 1960s. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. If in May and June you limited your media diet to the major newspapers, CNN and MSNBC, you would have been unaware that intense property damage and physical violence was being perpetrated by rioters each and every night in Kenosha, Portland, and just about every other major city. And I want to point out in Kenosha, there's a video where an old man had a store, was being burned and looted. And when he ran up trying to stop people, someone bashed him over the back of the head with a rock, leaving him on the ground bleeding out. They say extremist agitators, many of whom traveled from city to city looking for trouble, assaulted bystanders, destroyed businesses, and torched buildings. The only reason we know who was responsible and how they managed to run wild in formerly sleepy downtowns is because of journalists like Daily Caller's Richie McGinnis, Shelby Talcott, Jorge Ventura, and Town Hall's Julio Rosas. And we've had all of them in, in, in the studio, and I will stress they are good friends of the show. After New York Times reporters and cable news talking heads left the scenes of daytime protests, McGinnis, Talcott, Ventura, and Rosas stayed on the street to document the destruction that reliably followed. McGinnis got so close to the action in Kenosha, he rendered first aid to the man whom Kyle Rittenhouse fatally shot. You know what the Intercept did? They tried smearing Richie by making it seem like he was withholding evidence, because certainly he should have had video footage of what happened, right? Why didn't he release it? He was rendering first aid to a guy who got shot. He was like being a human being. And not just a human being, but you, whether the person's bad or good, somebody willing to render first aid in a critical situation like that, that's that's a courageous person. I, you ever see, you ever see The Patriot with uh, Mel Gibson? Yeah. And, and and Mel Gibson's in his house, and he's got uh, red coats and Continental you know, uh, Army, and they're all being rendered aid. We do yep. this. We do this because we're good people. Yep. Uh, and then the bad guy, he was the British guy, he's like, kill them all or whatever, and it like, made Britain look like extremists or whatever. They got really mad about it. But you know, the, the point is the bad guys are the ones – who, who let you die? You know, like mm-hmm. when the Joker is falling to his death, Batman always saves him. Yeah. Batman's the good guy who doesn't want you to die. He just is trying to do right, even though sometimes it's hard decisions. They're going to say a year later, the Intercept's Robert Mackey seems upset. The reporting done by the Daily Caller and Town Hall is inconvenient to his political agenda. In a transparent attempt at the sort of guilt by association that activists posing as reporters just love, Mackey lumps Talcott and McGinnis in with fabulists who posted deceptively edited clips of rioting on social media to stir up outrage, labeling the lot of them the riot squad. 
I'm sorry. I just got to point out they call themselves the Right, right Squad. That actually is we, a cool name. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like yeah. A, that's so a cool nickname. We had three of the crew here on the show, and I was like, "What should we put?" And I think it was Richie. Right? Yeah, he I was think like so. the DC Right Squad. Like him. I'm like, okay, because they're journalists who are down there covering these things, and it's it's really it's it's the reason I bring this up is for one. I am personally offended at the mm-hmm. insult to I good friends too. of this show. Like we had Richie here hanging out rollerblading. He's like in the, one of the vlogs. Like he's literally just a friend who's hanging out. He's a good dude. He's not super political. He's like a surfer guy, a skateboarder. And simply by doing journalism, they try to destroy him. That's the name of the game. I will also mention I am offended that we get we get no smears in this thing. They don't I mention know, yeah. we, we want our third. I think <laughs> like our, no, no, no I, I'm being somewhat facetious, but our third biggest clip from the show was Richie McGinnis telling the story of what happened in Kenosha. Just explaining, here's what happened, here's where I was, and that's, and that's it. That's because there was too much context in the clip. That's why you guys didn't get any love. They were, well, too right, because if they showed any of yeah. it, people would have been like, oh, he's straight up saying he's not political. Exactly. He's straight up saying, I, I have no opinion on Kyle and, and what's happening. It'll, it'll be fleshed out in court. Exactly. And then he sat here, and we interviewed him, and he said, here's what I saw, here's what happened. That's it. And yeah. that was a major uh, – uh, that's one of our biggest clips. And so I look to what they're doing. I used to do the same thing. I used to go down the ground, and I, I would report, report on all this stuff. It got dangerous. Of course, now the intercept, Glenn Greenwald quit. It's become a, a, a vicious political monster full of lies and manipulation. And now real journalists have emerged that are threatening the narrative, defending the extremists. So going back to what you were talking about with Marxists taking over, that's why I wanted to talk yeah. about this. They can't have real journalists. Yeah. The irony is, isn't that why The Intercept was made? Isn't that why Glenn Greenwald did this and found funding and did this was so that we could have real reporting so that people would do things without fear and they would go after the real power structures that try to keep people from knowing what's going on? That's what it was for. And this is the group now who's divorced themselves so far from what their actual mission was. That they're now attacking people oh, who are oh, doing no, I, it. I, I'm, I'm sorry. You want to talk about an organization that divorced themselves from the mission. There's a group. It's called Free Press. Oh. I've known many of the people at Free Press for a long time. The name of their organiza- organization, Free Press. They would fight censorship and defend the First Amendment and the right to report and all that good stuff. And they have a website, freepress.net. If they agree with and you. I remember when they used to be I, – I, I, I've uh, – uh, I don't, I don't, it's been a long time, but I've interviewed people there. I had several meetings with many of the people who worked at this organization. And then one day I saw one of their top people who I had known for some time demanding censorship that Alex Jones be banned. And I said, that's strange. Why are you advocating for censorship? I thought you were free press. Something happened to this organization where it became woke and their mission was no longer about supporting free speech. It was about shutting down hate speech. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? I don't know, but you look at The Intercept and you look at how Glenn Greenwald, he's like, hey, we're doing the Snowden documents. We're going to make fearless reporting. We're going to start this organization. And it got so bad, the dude quit. Glenn yeah. Greenwald, who founded The Intercept, quit his own company. Mm-hmm. And now he's doing independent work. And they call him, you know, alt-right and far-right or whatever. Which is hilarious because he's, he's on the left politically. I mean, very clearly he's like pretty self-admittedly. Far on yeah. the left. And he disagrees a lot on policy with things that I would believe in, but he's what I would like my opposition to be. We can actually have a conversation on policy. We can actually find some kind of solution within our differences. Say, hey, we actually agree on this one part of it. Let's at least implement that. You can't do that when the other group of people behave the way that we see the current party behaving. Or, I mean, you whatever The Intercept is, I mean, this video was... Look, in the video, the guy says, this guy Robert Mackey, he's like, 
the videos they produce are distortions and activists have taken up cameras to combat these distortions. Then he says, much of the footage we got from January 6th at the Capitol was from these riot squad people because the right trusted them. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Either they're reporting both sides or it's a distortion, but it can't be both. And if it is a distortion, what this guy is reporting now, the intercept has said that the footage depicted from these journalists on January 6th is unreliable distortions, not telling us the truth. Okay. Let's get rid of it as evidence. The FBI shouldn't be allowed to use it. In fact, yep. if I, if, if one of these guys, like if, if I was one of these people on trial, or whatever, I'd have my lawyer be like, your honor, take a look at this reporting from the intercept. Clearly these videos are, are fabrication and distortions as the intercept has reported. You can't trust these videos. Sorry. Yep. We release, don't know what Release the old ladies you've got in solitary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It shows you that these people have no principles. They never did. But more importantly, it shows the, di- the divide between the moral frameworks of the, the disparate factions and the culture war. Why you and I probably have different politics on several issues. Glenn Greenwald, clearly, but Glenn would easily have a conversation about all these things. We can disagree on policy. But when our moral frameworks are very similar, then we're able to have that conversation because the goal is actually to improve the system. Exactly. When, you're, when your ideology is built on just having power and oppressing those who oppose you, then you will lie, cheat, and steal to take whatever you want. It also yep. kind of highlights a problem in corporate law. This is a little bit of a side note, but that you can you can sell a company to a new owner with a new ethos, and they can they can have the same name, company name, yep. but it's a different company. I mean, it might have the same IP, but when someone the company is the people that run the company for the most part. I mean, that's what company is. So that disturbs me. Maybe we should change it so that you have to change the name of a company if it gets sold because Disney's not Disney. Walt Disney's dead. Now I'll be honest. I've never junk. thought about that. That's a, it's an interesting thing to think about. You know, I think I, I'd have to think about that one in terms of like I knew a, I knew a guy who had a, a cybersecurity company, and what he told me was there was a hostile takeover. The company was stripped and sold off for for parts, basically, but it was still a publicly traded company. So then someone else who wanted to start a new company just bought it and then started doing probiotics. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> if you were an investor in this company and you were interested in cybersecurity, one day you woke up and they were selling probiotics and you were like, what? It's not the same company. Different product, different people, different money, different part of the country, but it is the same company on paper. That's, That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. bizarre. I've never thought about that, but you're totally right that Disney's not the same company at all as what Walt Disney envisioned. Uh, not even really close. And the Intercept. Yeah, and the Intercept. Obviously, 180 from what 100%. Glenn was looking to do. I, I have like. been noticing that Glenn Greenwald now has this really unique position where he can critique the Intercept perfectly because he knows them inside and out. So he's been tweeting at them. He's like, you guys are doing this wrong. You know, this is unethical. And you've now put, you know, this target on the backs of these really serious, really invested reporters who've been And they've doing worked really hard. Job. They have. They have put themselves in so much danger. And, and I'm saying this as somebody like, I don't know them. I've watched their work. I've seen what they've done. I have not seen one thing from any of them that shows that they have a personal political persuasion to what's going on. Okay? They actually try very hard to make sure it's not a part of the... Which you know, is like... If anything, you know, if I saw some people on the left doing that, I would I'd have respect for what they're doing. Yeah. You know, somebody like Glenn, he's at least open when he is being political. Right. About why and what the reasoning is. Can't have the truth, man. But, you how know, do you, how do you manipulate people? And so it's just the, the, the duplicitousness of this report from this Robert Mackey guy where he's like, they're distortions. And they're also the source of all the evidence from January 6th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK, you're huh. full of it. I, I think the only clear determination is. 
if people like Richie are going to cover the left and the right, and it'll be used as evidence against people on the right, he's clearly just a journalist. 100%. He's just telling people what's going on. The problem is they like it when he makes the right look bad. They have to forgive that. Yep. They don't like it when he makes Black Lives Matter look bad. They have to condemn that. The real problem is that real journalism is a threat to their ability to attain power, consolidate power, and keep it. Because if you have real journalism going on, you have real reporting that's unbiased, that is one of the most dangerous things to them. And that's why it's been all but eliminated. If regular people knew what they were doing, it would be over. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. So they need to do everything in their power to obfuscate the truth so that regular people don't know what's going on. I mean, you look at Kyle Rittenhouse, right? So I'm on Reddit and I see a story and it's like, Kyle Rittenhouse, blah, blah, blah. And the top comment is, the dude literally crossed state lines with the gun to hunt down protesters. It's not hard or something like that. And I'm like, none of that is true. None of, none of it's true. He worked in Kenosha. It was someone else's gun. He was asked to defend a building. He rendered aid to the, some of the rioters. It's a complicated story. Yep. But in order to push your agenda, you need Kyron has to be the villain. You need the lies. Yep. And who fired first? It wasn't Kyle. Yep, it was exactly. uh, I, don't, I don't remember the guy's name, but he fired. Yep. It looks like into the air. He might it might not, might not have been into the air. So a lot of people thought it was because there's a grainy footage where you see yep. a flash and think it's going up. But I read one report that said he actually fired directionally. It doesn't really matter, honestly. He brandished, he fired, and if you have a weapon and you perceive that person as a threat, and then you have a mob of people there who want to hurt you, you have a duty and a right to defend yourself. Kyle, you know, that's not I, I think, hard to figure out. I yeah. think Kyle will get life. You do absolutely look at look at you. You look at what's going on now with Chauvin and these other other cops. Did you did you hear the latest? Yeah, I th- I feel differently about that than I do the Rittenhouse case. I think that on the Rittenhouse case, there's going to be somebody on that jury, hopefully multiple people, who go and look at this by the letter of the law and say this kid was defending himself. Maybe because but in the know, other case, I think they're going to they're going to give him the worst in the Floyd case. If it's if it's the the trial is in the Kenosha, Kenosha is fifty fifty between yeah. Democrat Republican. So then you'll at least have some on the jury being like, no, I'm not convicting this kid. So it, it hung jury at the very least. However, I think most people will probably just be cowards. And when they're in the, in the deliberations, they're going to someone's going to go, OK, so who doesn't want their house burned down? All right. Guilty. All right. Let's get out of here. That is the biggest fear, which tells you everything about where we are in terms of what time it is during this color revolution. We're at the point where mobs run justice. So oh, if we have mob run justice. What's the next step? What does the future look like for people if you don't stand up now? This and that's is, my argument to people is like, now's the time to do it. Because if you're going to wait till people knock on your door, that's going to be too late. This is my issue uh, currently with police departments. We see it mostly in, in major cities, but I wouldn't be surprised if it comes even to Tennessee. What do you think is going to happen when in Kenosha, which is fairly Republican in many, and it's, it's like 50-50, they're burning down buildings. Mm-hmm. The police didn't stop them. It was for days they were doing this. So then regular people are going to say, I don't want my building burned down. Just make it stop. Throw the kid in jail. Whatever. Fine. I don't care. You look at these stories where like in Milwaukee, the Black Lives Matter people were outside this guy's home. He brandished a shotgun through the window. The cops went into his house and arrested him while they cheered for this. It's insane. And and that group of people previously, someone in that group had set fire to another house they were protesting at. So this guy probably was actually scared and brandished a shotgun. Maybe he shouldn't have pointed it directly at them, but... He gets arrested. He was at his house, though. He was in his own house. Brandish all away. You know, somebody's threatening your house, brandish away. In Tennessee, we have very clear laws about that type of thing. You don't even have to be inside the house um, to have things start to pop off. So So we're seeing this more and more 
where the cops are going to sit down and there's going to be three or four cops and they're going to see a riot and they're going to go, what's the riot mad about? Well, some guy said, you know, a, a racial slur. Well, what do we do? Well, he's allowed to do it. It's the First Amendment, but they won't stop rioting. If we arrest the guy, will they stop? They might eh, just arrest the guy. And the cops are going to be like, sir, you're under arrest. That's what happened in Milwaukee. The guy was in his own home and they were outside of his house. People who had previously burned down another house or set fire to another house. They didn't burn it down, but they set fire to it twice. And so he's probably scared and he's the one who gets arrested. Look at the McCloskeys. They enter private property. They're walking on private property and they come out with guns and they're in trouble. Now, maybe people are going to be like in Missouri, you can't do that. Fine. Whatever. In West Virginia, you definitely can. Mm-hmm. If people walk onto your property, you can walk up to them with your gun pointed and say, get off my property. Same right with now. Tennessee. A hundred percent. So it's different in different states. I think it should be that if you enter my property, I can pull up my weapon and say, turn around right now or I will defend my property. In New Jersey, for instance, where we were before this, the reason we left is that they call it a partial castle doctrine, which basically means it's not. If someone breaks into your home, you are legally obligated to retreat from your own home. Where? Where? That doesn't matter. That's called fleeing. That's not retreat. You retreat back. So you're in your underwear, you're in bed, your door's kicked open, and you go, what do I do? Well, you can't use lethal force. That's insane. You you have to leave your house. You have to leave your house. Only if you can prove you had no opportunity to leave your home safely are you allowed to then use lethal force to defend yourself, which means you'll be arrested, charged, and then you can argue, charged, and then you can argue to the judge why you were, why you were in your right to defend yourself in your own home. In Tennessee, your car also counts as part of your castle. Wow. Too. Nice. So, um, somebody tries to get in your car, carjack you, you can shoot them in the face and you're good. Yikes. Um, it, that's allowed in Tennessee. In West Virginia, you're allowed to shoot to stop someone from, from, from entering your property, which is like, which yep. I, I always tell people like, don't, trespass out here okay mm. in new york people trespass and they laugh about it. i'm like don't do that in west virginia i don't mm. think anyone's going to shoot you because people aren't insane but <laughs> they'll be legally yeah. allowed to do it if you go into their property so don't do it yeah they'll probably just walk out with a shotgun and be like you got 10 seconds yeah off my property uh, yeah you mentioned earlier that this is like a playbook this whole demoralization tactic basically what's going on you build the legs so that you can knock one out and yep. cause the system and and I wanted to, what other situations have you noticed this playbook being played in out? In terms of our society? Yeah. In our society all over. Like, look at, look at how, let's start with academia, okay? First thing they do, introduce the idea that kids need to see each other as the color of their skin instead of their actual character. Okay, so critical race theory steps in. Then you push in gender ideology. In California, as young as first grade, you're teaching them with a genderbred man, teaching them that... Well, you're actually not just male or female. You can be any of these things that sound fun, so you pick. And that's something that the parent actually has no right to opt their child out of now in California. Okay, It used to be in California you could opt out. When we lived there, my son at five years old had two children in his class come out as trans kids. Okay, Five years old. My son wanted to be a hot dog. I told Lydia that. <laughs> he wanted so to be a hot dog. The, and w- what, what they're doing is they're creating paths of division. Exactly. And so everything becomes divided entirely. My older daughter in California, her school, they had a guy come in and tell everybody they have white privilege and tell the white kids they shouldn't sit together unless they let it have a minority at the table because it could make minorities feel like they're not invited. Okay. Again, teaching the kids see each other as different by these exterior characteristics, not internal. So that's what matters. It's going back to segregation and racism in a whole weird, different, regressive way. But all of this is built to weaken society. 
And then same thing with just the messaging about family, that a family no longer is, is, you know, this unit that it can be anything. You can just make up whatever you want. And that's it is whatever it is. You know, you can call yourself a dad no matter what you are. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Nothing has a real definition. There's no shared language. Language is the next one. We can't even agree on language, the definition of what things mean. We were just talking about that before the show. They're like, there's all these words somebody could use without even knowing they're using a word that offends somebody because the language keeps changing. They change the language intentionally so that we can't communicate effectively because shared languages is the key to us having a cultural sort of uh, peace amongst each other. Divide and conquer. Yeah. And, and this goes across everything. Like, look at entertainment. In entertainment, here's another thing. 15 years, 20 years of subtly giving impressions to little kids, teenagers, and adults where along the way you teach them things. And you do it really subtly over the course of their life. So, like, I can give you an example of really recent history. Like, the recent Scooby-Doo movie. They give multiple impressions to Ruth Bader Ginsburg being a hero of women's rights. Then they go to Scooby-Doo? talking about – Yeah, in Scooby-Doo. Which, which one? Then they talk – the most recent one. And then wow. they talk about Tinder in it. Okay, and then they talk about toxic masculinity. Those are the three things they hit in that movie that are subtle points for a kid to bring in. These impressions are in everything a kid consumes. And coming from Hollywood, I'm like totally acutely aware of all of this. They do this throughout their life. And then what happens at school, their professors, their teachers who are remarkably on the left, they reinforce those values that entertainment is giving them. A lot of those, if your family tends to have somewhat conservative values, even if you're like a blue dog Democrat, their kids then push back against those values and think your values are inherently wrong. There's something wrong with them because everything I watch and everything at school tells me that this is bad. Again, dividing families, dividing our culture and the sort of ability to have peace amongst each other. Quite a bit the opposite of uh, Judeo-Christian values, you know, notably like honor thy father and thy mother. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now it's your mom is dumb and your parents are racist. Don't tell them I told you. Otherwise, they'll say racist things and try to trick you. And parents are putting their kids in these schools. Like, stop sending your kids to these places, man. Yep. I don't it, kinda, it goes both ways, too, in entertainment, too, and school. Stop giving money to people who hate you. If they hate you, don't give them your money. It's one of the biggest mistakes people make. Like, you can't be a lazy person right now. You have to stand up for what you believe in. And if a company comes out, some woke corporation, they say, X is racist or this is bad. And they come out and they take social positions they know nothing about. Then divorce from them. Yep. Get a divorce with your TV, divorce Netflix, whatever it is in your life where this happens, or it's an, an, a university your kid goes to. Same thing. Take them out. Pull them out. Go to a different school. What, what are some examples, like historically, where countries have gone through this? China. China went through a color revolution. Mm-hmm. Cuba went through it. Venezuela went through this. I mean, pretty much you can go through the playbook of all these countries who eventually turned to, you know, left-wing dictatorships, whether they be socialists in the beginning or communist. They all pretty much went through this. It was a cultural revolution that kicked it off. And they hit all of those pillars of culture, entertainment, academia, and, um, you know, our news media. Those are the places that they weaken first because those control perception and perception is reality for too many people. It's not so much like a big mistake. And we talked about this earlier, too, is that this idea that facts over feelings is something that is going to draw over people who are not on your side already is is actually kind of a broken idea. Because a lot of the conditioning that's been out there has been that you're taught that these feelings and movies and feelings from all these different places that you listen to as a child are reality. So you need to message an emotional message that reaches people in a way that says, hey, emotionally, this is how you put this policy in context. The left does that really well. We don't. There's one thing, however, that's very different for the United States than many of these other countries. We have, a, we have gun culture. 
Yep. Uh, it's not just the guns, because many of these countries did have them, and then they got taken away. Yep. No, we have gun culture. We have people who have tons of guns and will say something like Molan La- was it Molan Labe? Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Or uh, uh, um, my cold dead hands. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very, very difficult to pull off what they pulled off in, say, China, where they took old people and put them in dunce caps and then held, strung them up in the city and started screaming and laughing at them and mocking them until they bent the knee and agreed to communism. Because you're going to get some old, fat trucker guy who's going to be like, I don't care. He's going to pull out a gun and be like, get yeah. away from me. It makes me think that it's happened historically, like throughout millennia, that the founding fathers saw that. And were like, we need to enshrine a couple of basics so that it, we can circumvent well, or at least resist when this starts to happen. There were some founding fathers that didn't want a Bill of Rights. And there were some that were like, we don't want the federal government to have too much power. So we need a list. I think there was originally 17, and they condensed them, got rid of some. And uh, now we had – then we had 10. And the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But, hey, they're infringing quite a bit, yep. ain't they? Yep. Every single day they're infringing more and more and, and more. And they're messaging – why are they messaging so hard on gun control? It's because they're fully aware that that's the one element that's a wild card in America versus all these other places this has happened. The more they can clamp down on that and narrow the culture, that's why a registry is very important too. Having a registry that says exactly what people have, where they have it – that's important to them because that would be really essential if you actually went all the way with this. But that search for control, that's the wild card, is people having guns here. And it's something I tell people all the time is like these people who have been overtaken these other countries and who have died or gone to gulags, they wish they had had guns oh, when yeah. people came to their house. Don't give up your guns. Whatever you do, whatever you think – Whatever time you think it is right now in America, don't give up your guns. Hitler, I think, established a national registry, didn't he, for the guns? He did, and he also – he did take guns. There was confiscation yeah. in, in Jewish areas. So he did the same thing. Castro took guns. I mean, this is this is an ongoing thing, you know. And, and of course, they always talk about safety. Right. For safety and for, for the community to be – more just and and more happy you know they go with all the same stuff that they push now just we do it in a lot prettier way Mm. in modern times you know they they do flashy ads and emotional pleas that well this kills kids what's amazing and i always ask people about this is why have you never heard them talk about handgun control when that's the majority of the deaths from guns come from handguns they don't start there because they know what a like that's that's not happening they know that's not the first step It's kind of what you said. It's incrementalism. Let's start with the gun that looks scary, even though knives and stabbings kill four times as many people as AR-15s. Let's start there because it looks scary. So that's that's the incremental first step. And and, and one of the challenges uh, is that the the gun control people are really – they're really dumb. And a lot of them are like lemmings. You know, you ever play the game lemmings where they just like walk and follow each other? Because you'll hear a lot of the same things from the same people that make no sense. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, no self-respecting hunter, whatever, use an assault weapon. And then the first question is like, okay, first of all, what does it have to do with the Second Amendment? I thought that was about it, – it didn't say, yep. it didn't say uh, deer hunting being necessary to protect a free state. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It said, you know, a well-regulated, well-regulated militia, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. So I don't know where hunting comes from. Then they say assault weapon. What, what is an assault weapon? There's no, it, there's in no, their mind, in their mind, it has to look scary. Mm-hmm. Look scary, scary means assault weapon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you'll say, like, are you, are you talking specifically about, like, a carbine with, like, a folding stock or something? Like, what is it a reference? And they'll say, yeah, that. And, okay, well, what is it? They won't know. Then they'll say, but still, you know, no hunter would use an assault weapon. And I'm like, well, based on your definition or, like, say, New Jersey's definition, you're completely correct. They're going to use, like, an AR 15 chambered in, like, 308 or Bushmaster, which, 
by their definition, is not an assault weapon, but it's much, much more powerful. Yep. You have no idea what you're talking about. These people are, are insane. It's because at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with actually preventing gun crime. It has to do with the slow incremental push to take guns out of people's hands. And it's not the criminals they want to take the hands out of because right. they're not worried about them pushing back against no, they like the tyrannical crime. government. The crime is good. The they crime love is a, that part. Crime is a destabilizing factor here. What have they done? And this is another question people should ask themselves if they're curious you know, about gun control and they haven't really decided where they, they are, is ask yourself – what was the last push Democrats made to get rid of illegal guns in cities in places like Chicago or Baltimore or Memphis? When I was mean, the last time they did that? And there hasn't been this big push to get rid of illegal guns who are on the street because of gangs. What's an illegal gun? A gun that they stole, you know, a stolen gun, something Someone where they shaved property. it. Somebody else's so property. So, okay, so so the gun isn't the issue. No, no, the, the gun's property. not. I'm saying, why are they not going after <laughs> the fact that, you know, these gangs, they, in many cases, have stash houses where they have tons of yeah. firearms that they've stolen. They don't try and Go get those back. Well, that's a property crime. Exactly. I, I think they should have those guns. I think the stolen guns. Well, I don't think they should have stolen property. But that, that, again, so there's a difference between the property crime and gun ownership. Yeah, if no, they should be allowed to have guns legally. If they get caught in a crime, then you take it away. But exactly. the fact that they're stolen and they know where these gangs are and they don't go in and take their guns. Why do they want they to take law-abiding guns? This right. is just sort of a thought practice, you know, an exercise for people. Is like they want to take away my AR-15. But they don't want to take away this guy's gun who stole well, it in a carjacking. Well, hold on. I just think they're, they're, they broadly want to take, a, take away everyone's AR-15s. The problem yeah. is there's no way to stop a criminal from getting a gun. Period. Oh, no, absolutely not. No. But the so fact all that really happens no is effort, away. The fact they make no effort to even stop the gang crime with guns. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Tells you I mean, everything they, about why they, they go after things like AR-15. Well, it, it's, the, 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 it's questionable. Is a gun buyback tr- trying to stop it? They do that. Um, they I, arrest yeah. people and charge them for having guns. I don't think they should. Sometimes the only crime a person commits is they had a gun, and I'm like, how's that a crime? Having a yeah, gun that's indeed. not. That's but not that's a, a lot of what they do. So it doesn't work. Yeah, they're still it, and, and Chicago isn't predominantly gang crime. It's like honor crime it's like you insulted me so i'll go and shoot up your house that's what, that's what people do so either way i'm like you know, that, that, that's going back to like the abolish the police stuff i'm like shouldn't conservatives just be on personal responsibility at this point if there's no cops then there's no gun laws i do think we should let certain areas test it out if a city wants to have no police they vote to have no police then go ahead and try it knock yourselves out you're going to find out really fast that the police kept you safe for a very long time well, i'll, t- I'll tell but- you you weaken them to this point, you're going to end up with what the UK has. They'll have little batons and they'll do nothing but come to your house to tell you that you insulted somebody online. This is the big difference between the, the culture war factions. So uh, Glenn Greenwald, he's, yeah. he's pretty much left, right? Mm. But he's not on the left culture or whatever you want to call it. I'm like center left liberal, but clearly not in that faction either. And there's one really easy way to understand it. Those people are morons. Why? They want to abolish police and they want to ban guns. Well, if you get rid of the cops, who takes the guns away? You think a social worker is going to show up to my house and be like, your guns, sir? I'm going to be like, yeah, it's back the way you came. Like, have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. So how, how do you have these people who advocate for contradictory things? They're morons. They have no idea what they're talking about. They're a chaotic, destructive force of tribalists. Now, to be fair to the leftists, the actual, like, DSA types, they're all pro-gun. Karl Marx has a quote that, you know, uh, under no under no pretext shall the workers, you know, give up arms and ammunition or should should arms and ammunition be given up, workers should frustrate this by force if necessary. So the true leftists are like, never giving up my guns. But the problem is those people fall in line with Joe Biden and the Democrats 
because they're easily convinced by the establishment it's the left or at least left enough. I also don't think true. they want us to have guns. That's that's the right, other part. Right, of it. Right, like of they're, they're not going to go fight for us to have a right to have a gun. Right, because right. at the end of the day, they want them to have the guns. The Gravel Institute tweeted that what happened on January 6th was the right thing to do, but by the wrong people. So it shows you everything about what the left actually believes. Yeah. Or, and so there's a difference between the actual left and the culture war left and like Democrats. It's, it's, it's hard to quantify this. I know. But the DSA people will gladly vote for Democrats and support warmongering authoritarians because they're like, at least I'm closer to minimum wage. Like, oh, congratulations. That's Bring, the, like, the political party thing bothers me that, that people that have these, these ideals would align with another person that doesn't just because they both call themselves Democrats. Like who cares? Yeah. What political it's try, but my, like my trying to my win friends. a game. You know, there is, there is one thing I think is, uh, that's very important, provides an exit from the system and could protect you, or at least in my opinion, will protect me. And it's Bitcoin, obviously. And so I really want to talk about the story with Elon Musk, because I think Elon Musk is scamming people. That's my Ooh. personal opinion. Elon Musk wow. is trying to scam people. Uh, hey, look, man, I, I, I thought Elon was funny on SNL because it's funny to watch him. I think he's cool for doing a lot of things. I think Tesla and SpaceX are awesome. But I think Elon should be criticized when he does things that are bad. And I think he's trying to rip people off. So we had this story from Bloomberg. Musk sends Bitcoin tumbling with shock U-turn on payments. You may have seen the tweet. He said uh, Tesla and Bitcoin. Let me pull up his tweet here. I, tw- I tweeted mocking him. And he said, Tesla has suspended vehicle purchases using Bitcoin. We are concerned about rapidly increasing use of fossil fuels for Bitcoin mining and transactions, especially coal, which has the worst emissions of any fuel. Cryptocurrency is a good idea on many levels, and we believe it is a promising future, but this cannot come at a great, a great cost to the environment. Tesla will not be selling any Bitcoin, and we intend to use it for transactions as soon as mining transitions to more sustainable energy. We are also looking at other cryptocurrencies that use less than 1% of Bitcoin's energy for, per transaction. He then posts this. Uh, so that was a couple days. That was yesterday. Then he posts this energy usage trend over the past few months is insane. And you can see Bitcoin electricity consumption has skyrocketed dramatically. The only problem, Harvard Business Review covered this only about eight days ago, saying that there's two reports. One says 39% of energy used for Bitcoin is renewable. And another report says 73% is renewable. Why? It's kind of obvious. If you have a mining operation, you don't want supply disruption. You don't want to rely on power outages. So you go to places where you have a consistent energy supply, notably hydroelectric dams, yep. where a consistent electricity supply, renewable. It's not so much that they're like, I don't like carbon. It's like, I want a re- re- reliable supply of energy. Here's what happens. People like Elon Musk, he comes out and he says, Tesla will now accept Bitcoin. The price skyrockets. Yep. Then they sell a bunch, make a bunch of money and say, see, look. Yep. Then they come out and say, oh, oh no, the environment. Oh, geez. Oh, they're using coal for electricity. Oh, no, we got to stop. Then the price tanks back down. And all the rich people who don't need the, their assets liquefied say, I don't care. Think about it this way. If you're somebody who makes 500 bucks a week, and you see what's happening with the U.S. dollar and buying power. And you see what's happening with Bitcoin. You're like, I'm going to buy some Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. you do. Then Elon Musk makes his announcement and the price drops. It's like 12% or something. And you're like, I'm going to lose 60 bucks. So you panic sell and you still end up losing 60 bucks because you need liquid cash in your life. You're not rich. You only got a few, few hundred dollars. Millionaires, billionaires. Well, 
they can pay their rent and their mortgages and their car bills and still keep millions of dollars in crypto. Even when the price drops, they're going to shrug and go, I don't, know, I don't care. And they'll buy the dip. Yep. That's right. They'll buy the dip 100%. 100%. They'll buy it back up. This is how they keep people poor because people see Elon Musk and they panic and they sell. Now, some people, a lot of people are getting wise to the game. I remember back when Bitcoin hit 20K, people were like mortgaging their homes. Then you get news about like countries banning Bitcoin or whatever, and they panic and they sell and they lose tons of money. Yep. And if you did buy Bitcoin and held it and it went up to even now at 47, 48, even though it's dropped from 60, you're still double your money. It's probably going to go up. So that's why all of the smart people and all the rich people, they buy the dip. But don't be surprised when you see governments, billionaires, banks, Make an announcement about how they're getting rid of Bitcoin. Then poor people who aren't smart enough panic and sell it. And they laugh as they buy it all back up. That's yep. the cycle. They need a way to control the market because they control the stock market. They need the same control over crypto mm-hmm. and they found it, you know. And, 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 and I think that you're you're right. You identified something important. Like Elon has been great on a lot of things, but I'm glad I have alerts set. Um, and I got I got and saw that one immediately and I was like, oh, this is bad. This is the worst thing he's done in recent times in terms of his public persona. This could shift a lot of the way people think about him because it was very clearly he knew what was going to happen. Yep. He, he had to know. And if he doesn't, then he should probably shut his Twitter down for a couple of days now, and think about it. Now get this. Now he's saying that he's going to be he's working with with Doge devs to fix Doge. Think about what he's doing. He's pumping Doge. He's pumping Doge. Mm-hmm. He called himself the Doge. They called him the Doge father on SNL, even though the price went down. Apparently, his son is mining Doge. Oh, it's yeah. really, really obvious. Doge is trading right now for 40 cents, meaning you can easily buy thousands upon thousands of Doge. Mm-hmm. Then you get Doge up to 100 bucks or whatever. You make tons of huge tons. return, huge return, huge return, way more than Bitcoin at this point. So there know? was there was a period where Bitcoin was jump, was jumping ridiculously fast. So from November till now, Bitcoin's gone up substantially, like hundreds yep. of percent. But there was a period where it's like it was at a dollar and it could jump to $50. And that's a 50x return. Yep. Now that Bitcoin's trading much, much higher, it's, it's, it's harder for those swings. It's starting to stabilize, right? So what happens is people start buying altcoins that are trading for like a fraction of a penny. So if it's trading for the smallest decimal point, it can only double. Yep. It'll double your money. So now... Elon's probably, in, in my opinion, looking at Bitcoin going, Bitcoin's great, but is there a coin we can get and pump it up really, really fast? Dogecoin's trading at five cents. Tons of people will buy it. We can make a movement. We can put out a tweet. Everybody buys it. So apparently one dude became a millionaire and like was posting about it. Yep. He, had, he, had, he, had, he had the right amount of Doge and then it broke a certain amount and he made a million bucks. So when it's- One of the big guys at Goldman Sachs left because he guy, made millions. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so- it seems to me like this announcement is more so we can pump Doge. Mm-hmm. But Doge is inflationary. There's no cap. It, they produce, what is it? Like, what are they doing? 14 million per day or something? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Some I'm pretty sure out. they can just keep going with it, right? They can just yep. keep going, just keep going. Yeah. And so people are going to go in. They're going to cash out quick. And I think Doge is funny. I still have thousands of Doge. And I'll hold on to it because who knows? If Elon Musk is doing this, I'll, I'll hold on to it, I guess. But I still think I think Bitcoin's going to reach a million bucks. I, I gotta say, Doge is trash. It is absolute useless trash as a token. It mm. may change in the future. It's not a token, if or as a coin. Yeah, whatever. It's it's gunk. It has no value functionally. Um, I disagree. It only has like monetary value. It doesn't do anything. It's basically it well, monetary contracts. is a lot of value. No, no, no yeah. it's, it's it's an inflationary cash. Yeah, it all doesn't that, it doesn't have any technical value. It's better. I, yes. I, I think and maybe it will in the future. Maybe better than U.S. Run. dollars. 
Hmm. Well, the U.S. dollar has zero technical value as well. Yes. So I'd rather have I'd rather have Doge than U.S. dollar. Oh, me too. <laughs> right. That's why I'm like I'm going to keep I'm my just Doge. Saying, I don't want the dollars within the closed system of crypto. Let's get it out ahead of this. Doge is junk. I don't know why Elon's trolling people like this. No, I disagree with it's you. It's because of returns. It's like I mean, yeah, he's making, and and it's the memeable. It's so memeable. Yes, right. you know, with the dog. That's that's the it's trick. It's the easiest with it, you to know? pump, and he's making poor people rich, which is like up, kind of inverting the the monetary scheme of this consolidation of wealth to the top. He's like giving the. Eh. You know, I mean, that's debatable. He's honestly making way more rich people rich than poor yeah. people rich. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if I'm make- being real, like somebody like me. Like during the dip yesterday, I could buy a bunch and make way more back on my return in terms of spending power than somebody who People, makes 500 a week or something, you know? We, we, we talked about this like last week that there are programs that automatically buy and sell. Yeah. So imagine this. Uh, Elon announces the Bitcoin thing and the price dropped like 47. It dropped so low, it probably triggered a bunch of people to auto buy. It jumped back up to like 51. Then when it started going down, it triggered an auto sell. So people right then were making three grand per coin automatically without even doing anything, without even thinking, because of the price fluctuations and the volatility. So when someone like Elon knows he can tweet and, and cause pl- prices to go crazy, you know for a fact that Elon Musk knew when he tweeted this, it would drive the price down. And all of his friends did. And how many people that knew Elon was going to do this sold their coins, because how do you track it, sold at 58K, and then said, okay, Elon, you're good to go. Elon posts it, it drops a four hit, and they buy back in. Yep. Mm. And then Elon sends a text, I think I'm going to pump Doge today. But he doesn't say pump, but you know what I mean? He's like on the phone and he's like, I'm going to let people know I'm going to do this with Doge. And then they go and they buy that. On so, the dip. And then that rides. I, I think Bitcoin, I, I have a decent amount of Bitcoin. I have a decent amount of Ethereum. And I have Doge and I have Cardano. And those are the things that I'm looking at. I think Doge is inflationary. I think Doge is going to have value based on confidence and the memeability. Elon might pump it up, but I wouldn't at like I wouldn't advocate for the function of Doge. It's just funny. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. But uh, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano are the ones I do have that I do have confidence in. And I, you know, I think a lot of these tokens are bunk. You got to be careful about tokens. I don't know if Cardano is actually a token or if it's an actual crypto. I think it's its own crypto. It functions. It's a, it's a proof of stake crypto like Ethereum. But uh, a lot of these tokens, like Shiba, I think Shiba is a token, right? I don't know. I just saw it recently. Um, so tokens, you can just click a button and boop, you have tokens. Yeah, I think it is. See, I, I don't know enough about tokens. Uh, tokens, I'm going to have to educate myself on more. So with like uh, with a cryptocurrency that's truly decentralized, like Bitcoin, yeah. you, ha- you can create the code and then start the program and then do the proof of stake or proof of work to, to get it. Uh, they can be centralized still, even if they're coins. But Bitcoin's truly decentralized. And what Cardano is a utility token because it helps to facilitate smart contracts. This is but, very convoluted to me. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but is it is it its own independent blockchain like Ethereum or is it? It's fun? on its. It's not on the Ethereum network. As so far then, as I, know. so I don't. I don't think it's actually a token. A, a token typically refers to someone goes on a computer and presses enter, and then poof, yeah. a bunch of tokens appear. Okay. Whereas, interesting. The the coins are like Doge and Bitcoin, where you do some work, proof of work or proof of stake to generate them. But I don't know. Maybe it's just semantics. Yeah, I got Any- that info from Nasdaq.com. Is that it was a token. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong in my terminology there. Yeah, more crypto experts. <laughs> but, 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 I, but I will say this. A lot of people are, uh, first and foremost, probably the, the main reason I'm saying these these three tokens is because like when you pull up Coinbase or whatever, they're like the top listed or something. Yeah. And so I'm looking at establishment support and 
I'm not going to pull up some no-name token or crypto and be like, oh, that's the one. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do that because they'll buy a bunch at a cheap price and then try claiming this is the one. I just went on Coinbase and I was like, here's the top performing. Here's the top, you know, it, it, like that people are looking at. And I was like, all right, I read about them and I, and I bought the clear, you know. I got a quick uh, explanation from bitdegree.org, which I've never heard of before. <laughs> Is this Bitcoin college? Yeah, yeah let's do this. Uh, the difference between a coin and a token. Coins are native to their own blockchain, while tokens have been built on top of another blockchain. Oh. Right. So I I don't think Cardano is built on another blockchain. It's its own thing. But they, I just saw it was a token. Who knows? Maybe. Let's maybe. find. Let's get the developers of Cardano. If you guys are listening, come it might on. Might be fake <laughs> yeah. news. Yeah. Then maybe maybe I don't I don't <laughs> want it. But I but I have uh, uh, a, a decent amount. I don't. I, I went out like years and years ago. I bought a bunch of ridiculous things. I think I have some other. Yeah, I, me too. I, I think I think I do have an account with like um. You know what BSV is or whatever. I have Bitcoin Cash only because Bitcoin forked and then you get Bitcoin mm-hmm. Cash or whatever. Wasn't ECH. BSV like an overseas thing to buy? cryptos no uh it was it's 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 a fork of bitcoin so basically there there have been several civil wars in bitcoin where people are like this is not the true vision of of satoshi in the white paper so i'm taking the existing network and forking it off and it clones the network but creates a separate coin so if that happens and you're holding bitcoin the split you'll have equal amounts bitcoin cash and bitcoin and then people just made money overnight yeah. So th- this is the craziest thing when 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 Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash forked, all of a sudden people's money doubled. Like because now they had twice as many coins. Yeah. And then there was a weird fluctuation between the two of people trying to figure out which one was going to win and then Bitcoin clearly took over because yeah. Bitcoin is Bitcoin and everything else is just claiming to be something good or better. So anyway, long story short, well, regarding this Elon thing, I want to play a little Juan Williams here. I think maybe he really truly believes that it is destroying the environment. There's too much coal being burned, and he wants to pressure the industry to move towards renewables. And he's he's mm-hmm. using this as a heavy hand. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I think that's more the mentality than let's let's get. Rich. But have you seen his mining operations no. like for Tesla batteries? I mean, these are not friendly at all to the environment. And I have a Tesla. I'm saying this, you know, like <laughs> I'm fully honest about this, but it's not exactly environmentally friendly how the batteries are made. But on top of that, it was a few years ago, Elon replied to somebody about the output and the energy that it takes to uh, mine a Bitcoin. And he actually agreed with them that it was energy efficient. That's the that's the term they use. So it's interesting that he changed his mind now. Mm. When, you know, the mining practices have only trended towards more energy efficient since then, not less efficient. It seems like people have been in his ear. Yeah, like that's recently. what it feels like. It feels like somebody's actually pushing this. But I think he also has to be smart enough with his platform, his reach, his ability to shake the crypto market. You know, he's got to know that if you jump onto something like this, you're going to hurt a lot of normal people. And that's the one warning I do have about like Doge to people is like, yes, you can get really high returns. But if you're the type of person who's not invested very much in your life, I would advise not getting involved because it's very volatile and you can get really scared when you have a dip where it feels like, oh, my God, I'm losing 25 percent of my savings. Or you can go to the casino (laughs) if you want to play the game. So, uh uh, Bitcoin is a decentralized coin. So there's no one who has strong control over it. There's, there's questions about 51% attacks and, um, quantum computing, how it could be disruptive. Ethereum is, they're building software on top of it. Cardano is basically the same thing. I was just looking it up. It's like the co-founder created his own version of it. And. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What, what, the reason why I think Ethereum is so great is that they build programs on top of it. Yeah. Cardano is basically the same thing. So I'm looking at that and I'm like, all right, you know, I think these things have, have a function more so than Bitcoin. But Bitcoin is still great. I'm not, a, I'm not super interested in a lot of these tokens where they're like trying to claim it'll do something, you know, other than can you build programs on top of it? So there's a lot of tokens that exist within the Ethereum network. And I'm always like, yeah, but Ethereum is the, is the main driver of all that. So don't take advice from me. You do you. These are the things I'm looking at, and I'm a moron, so don't listen to me. Cause Can I ask you a question? If I was, real quick, if I was a smart guy, I would have bought Bitcoin in 2011 <laughs> when I kept talking about every opportunity I had to buy, it and I didn't. What do you think will happen when a major government like, let's say, our own or maybe Germany – Introduces their own digital. It's happening. Yeah, yeah it, it is called actually. Bitcoin. Central no, bank token. But, but or I something. mean, when when it's out, when it's out, and people can buy it, and it can be traded, and it's on all the different things. What do you think will happen to everything else? Like they'll Bitcoin? go up in value. You think up? Everything will go okay. up in value. Yeah. So, uh, Bitcoin. If Bitcoin goes up, everything goes up. If Bitcoin goes down, everything goes down. So this is from CNBC. Wall Street banks brace for digital digital dollars as the next big disruptive force. They're talking about. A central bank digital currency. I mean, dollars are already digital. There's just no blockchain for it. It's the banking ledgers that track everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but it's really for. It's about feeling like they are their own crypto, you know. Which is actually why I would disagree in terms of them riding up or down together. I think that when a government, a major government, releases one of these, they're actually going to have an inverse correlation where. When one is performing well, the other will perform not as well and, you know, vice versa. I think that it's going to feel a little bit more like they're counterweights to each other in a weird way. And I think it's they're hoping that that's how it'll work. Kind of like Tether. You follow Tether at all? I, I, I'm i trying to understand what the um, how it would tie in. I know a little bit about it. Like Tether is always worth one U.S. dollar. And Binance. They're both one dollar. Yeah, they're there's, there's actually a lot of them now. Um, yeah. I think GUSD is one of them, and uh, there's there's several now that those would correlate really well. Then, yeah, and it. I would think that a central bank token would be like that. It would always be worth. It would be static value, and then all the other cryptos would fluctuate around that. You could always get uh, uh, dollars worth of that token, possibly, or they would all ride with almost like how the dollar works now, except for their hope would be, you know, maybe there's a way to be able to make that more monetarily functional and also beyond that trackable you know like that's the real goal they want to be able to see what people are doing yes um and i just i don't think they're going to connect together in terms of going up in value together or down in value together i think that they're going to end up having a a correlation where one goes up one goes down we'll see as it is that's in the future though that's coming if bitcoin goes up tether although it says it stays at one dollar has gone down because bitcoin has gone up they're relative to each other yeah so, well, how about we take some super chats? Oh, that went it fast. That's yeah. right. That's and funny. if you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the link to this channel with your friends to uh, or, or with the video to help help the show grow. And uh, don't, go, don't forget to go to TimCast.com, become a member, because we'll have an exclusive members-only segment coming up later in the night. All right, where are we at? Next pack says, you can see raw, raw footage in Gaza on Snapchat map. Interesting. Mm. 
Roddy the Rotsky says, hey, Tim, you've called people stupid for getting multiple canisters of gas, not Tupperware, and different machines may need gas mixed with oil, which will not work for other tools. So I've called people stupid when they have like stacks and stacks of gas cans. But I have said there were there was a story of a woman who was filling up a gas can and they screamed at her that she was hoarding gas when it was like she's like, it's for my lawnmower. So <laughs> I've 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 had, you know, like small mopeds where you got to mix the oil and the gas and all that. I totally get it. Yeah, I was actually thinking that when I saw a picture on Twitter the other day of somebody trashing somebody for getting one can of gas, I was like, I do that all the time for my yeah. daughter's ATV. I go and I grab the gas and I stick it in the back of the car and it smells terrible and I drive it home. <laughs> <laughs> Tex Marine says, Tim, have you had Enrique Tario on your show? Yes, we have. We have indeed. I like that guy. Well, he's a very bad person according to the media, mm. so you gotta you like bad people, Ian, apparently. <gasps> I'm dirty. All right, we got, uh, let's try and find some. Uh... Acme Product says, if Gaza is an open air prison, then why don't the Egyptians let them out? That is a, that is a very question. good question. That is a very good question. Yeah, why doesn't Egypt open? My the... guess is because Israel doesn't want them to, but I don't know. Oh, Israel would be fine with that. Yeah. They, they, they don't they... want to leave. That's really what it comes down to. They believe it's their home and, and yeah. they're angry. But ultimately, you know, if you truly believed that this was a prison and that, you know, that death was essentially like just around the next corner and that, you know, your kids are in danger and all those things. Like I, me, I don't care what my home is. My kid's safety is number one. I'd be out of there. I'd be heading over to Egypt and I'd be like, I'm an Egyptian now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just, it, it defies sort of just common sense that we don't see a wave of people going, you know what? We're done with this. We're done with this behavior. We're done with there being a fight all the time. We're done with this constant struggle. We're done with the Palestinian Authority paying for terrorists who kill Israelis. They pay them. You know, they pay somebody if they go and kill an Israeli soldier. They pay them for life. Okay? That's not a terror group. That's the Palestinian Authority pays those. Mm. Okay? That says everything. So if that's the culture, there should be a huge wave of people saying, you know what? I've had enough. I'm taking my family. We're going somewhere else. And there's not. All right. Best Auntie Ever says, Washington uh, government or governor? Gov announced full opening 6.30, the day de Blasio said they'd open 7.1. I said Inslee would open earlier so he could say, look what I did for you to beat other blue states. Inslee said the vaccine is a ticket to freedom. Sick, not surprised. Wow. Gerald Johnson says 1.2 million gallons of gas leaked from Colonial Pipeline and a week later, it's cyber attack. Really? Hmm. Do you want to look that up? Yeah, I'm going to. Let me do that. That is interesting. Jeremy McDude says, if Darkseid wanted to hack into a better future, they should hack ISPs and social media sites, force people, force people off the internet, and get them to see what they're actually doing in the real world. Yeah, but I think Darkseid's like, we want money so we can spend it on things we like, not change society so that we can't spend the money on things we like. Christopher Marr says, so you're saying they pushed Trump out of office for the exact reason he got in the first place. Seems about correct. The establishment did not like anything Trump was doing until he fired missiles at Syria. Then they were I like, all right, that. that's pretty good. That was why. I mean, every, <laughs> everybody on TV is like, this is the day that he became the president of yes. the United <laughs> States of America. Yep. No, no. Jim, Hats how off many, to you. <laughs> how many children were killed in this strike? We need it was, to know. The, the more the more casualty there is, the more likely it was that there would be a protractor, <laughs> a big, a big like, old war out there. The more serious they look into the camera and say. The, He's done a great job today. Well, there's a guy on CNN. This is not real. I'm making a joke. So you know this. And they're like, Donald Trump fired missiles into Syria. And the guy goes, still, I mean, he's trying to be presidential. And this is not enough. Well, uh, just a minute there, sir. We have breaking news. 17 children were killed. 
Well, now, actually, I think Donald Trump is, is much more presidential now. How, how many children do you say You know what, though? Up? It is true. It's, it is presidential. If you count Obama as presidential, then going and bombing children in the Middle East is presidential, according to Obama standards. So There you go. Yeah. Hey, if Trump wants to be, wanted to be nearly as good as Obama, I guess he needed to blow up more kids. Yeah, well, he didn't want to do that, so... Yeah, uh, it looks like uh, Colonial Pipeline did leak 1.2 million gallons of gas in Huntersville. Wow. I'm not sure where Huntersville that's is. A, that's, that's a lot. Cow. Uh, what is, do you Weird. know what like a normal pipeline spill is? How many I gallons don't. it is? That's the only thing I'm not sure about is yeah. like, you know, is that like 100 million gallons Pretty for sure like a big a one? Or It sounds like a lot, but it's one of those weird things where like, is it really actually? I, I guess it was 17 times what they originally estimated that Ooh, it was Ooh, that's not leaking. good. Yeah, that's and then all of a sudden there's a cyber attack? Yeah, that's a little odd. Sus. Orion says, Tim, pay attention to Glenn Greenwald. In the U.S., he might be professional, but since he moved here to Brazil, he has been doing journalism as biased as possible to the left. Keep mm-hmm. up the great work. Yeah, he's uh, he's very anti... Um, who's the guy in Brazil? Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Trump of the tropics. I mean, that I kind of I don't pay attention to because it's not my country. You know, yeah. this goes back to my ideology of like... Part of running for office, I'm anti-war. I want to stay out of their business. Brazilians elected Bolsonaro. He's not going and pillaging the entire country. It's none of our business. There's a great you know, Jesus really. quote. I mean, it's not really a quote, but they said he said this. Take the plank <laughs> of wood out of your own eye before yeah. you try to take the mote of dust out of your friend's eye. Yeah. Oh. It'd be great if we did that here in America. Yeah, Freedom fantastic. Thoughts says, Tim, the great and free state of Missouri has full castle doctrine. We're making steps to oust the federal government's gun laws, and all counties have met and talked about arresting federal authorities if they break the Second wow. Amendment. Woo! I think it happened in Ohio. Some they, they arrested some ATF guys who were trying to, like, serve papers or something. We should have sanctuary states for the Second Amendment. Absolutely. I want Tennessee to be absolutely think, be one. I, I we just Virginia passed just concealed that. carry, um, what, you know, constitutional carry where anybody in can carry in Tennessee. Yeah, we just that. passed it. it. It'll come active on July 1st. Um, and I think that that's, that's a win, but a bigger yeah. win would be saying, you know what? Feds can't come in. They can't touch your guns. And we need to codify that in every state. You see, we talk about color revolutions and all that stuff, but based on the fact that we all got guns, it sounds more like a civil war's a brewing. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you in terms of where this can end up. And if you had asked me a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have been like, Oh yeah, that's definitely, but I see it now where it could end up there because we are different and you can't put the genie back in the bottle on the gun thing. We have, it's over 300 million guns in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's more now. I think it's 400. It's probably close to 400, you know, and that doesn't go back in the bottle. It's, it's not going away. Me too. I'm a big, believer. I'm a, I'm a actually, I'm a huge, I mean, not surprisingly, people who fled Cuba's family members, even second, third generation, they're very pro gun, yep. you know? Um, I got, I got, I got big news though. What is it? Uh, on Saturday, I'm going to pick up the SIG M400 that Crowder got for me a year ago as a present. Is so it, like he, a custom. He, so I was like, I was getting my first gun and I'm like, yeah. And so I was on Crowder's show and he's like, I got big news for you, buddy. We're getting you sent a SIG M400 to be in sent. And, and I was like, wow, awesome. And I got sent to a shop that was too far away because of New Jersey's gun laws and the modifications had to be done to it. And so I was never able to get it. Uh, they find, they called me up and they're like, we found this thing. And I was like, whoa, cool. That's send awesome. it, send it on over to my FFL. And they were like, you got it. I'm going to go pick it up. We're going to film it. And That's I'm awesome. I'm finally going to get the gun that Crowder sent me. That's awesome. It's going to be great. You and should get your name engraved on it. <laughs> yeah, you should. That. That'd be awesome. No, we'll, we'll we'll see. It'll be fun. We'll film picking it up and everything, and then we're what gonna day? go Saturday. Okay. okay, and then we're gonna go on Sunday to the range and and film a bunch of stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, I think West Virginia just passed constitutional carry. 
That's I awesome. I don't know. Maybe they – no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They've had it already. They've had it for a while. There's another state that just did it. Yeah. Utah or something. Yeah. Jesse Kent says, you absolutely have a right to defend your life with deadly force in Missouri. Missouri, Kansas, and Oklahoma have less state firearms restrictions than Texas. Yeah, Texas, you had to actually go like go to a class mm-hmm. and like you know prove you could shoot. Weird. But now they're getting rid of that. Now it's yeah, just it used to be like that in Tennessee too. You'd have to go to a class. You have to get a go to the DMV and all that. Now starting July first, it'll just be carry it. You own it legally, carry it around. Very cool. And you can do it's open or or concealed. Wow. BJC says Missouri law says you can't threaten lethal for- lethal force unless you have a reason to use it. If you keep your gun pointed down, no issue. McCloskey's pointed at crowd, but weren't in imminent danger. Imminent danger is an opinion. Yeah, that's an opinion, 100%. I think they were in imminent danger. I agree, yeah. I think had they not had guns, um, their house could have been robbed. They could have been beaten. They Bricks could have been windows, killed. 100%. Because they, they were sitting on their patio. So they're clearly... Yeah, they were already outside. They were outside eating when the crowd came. Yeah. And so you, you see what happens when... The crowd, if you're a car on the street minding your own business, they start banging on the windows. In Portland, they smashed the windows of some cars. So you're not going to be able to convince me that there's no reasonable fear of imminent danger. I don't know if they were in imminent danger, but I think they have a right as these people just minding their own business to see a huge crowd and be like, they're, they're entering private property. I think there's imminent danger. If I was on a jury, I'd give them an award. <laughs> Definitely a not guilty verdict, but there'd be an award too. <laughs> Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor, but we have a question. The verdict we have is neither uh, guilty nor not guilty. It's actually... We'd like to pin a medal. Yeah, we'd like <laughs> to give them a golden award, and the government should give them 10000 each. And Can we do that? And the judge is going to be like, uh, let Case me check. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a golden retriever comes in, and the golden retriever is like, you know, the, the bailiff, and then begins <laughs> ensues. And then they're like, it turns out there's no rule stopping the jury from a warring <laughs> yeah, wow, yes, a And then an old lady walks in. <laughs> I thought we agreed on a 100 thousand <laughs> yeah yes. and then it's called like court bud oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right razgriz says love the show tim on the topic of gun culture you should try and get carl casarda from in range tv on he's a different kind of personality when it comes to gun culture and his background is in infosec please check him out interesting infosec cool. uh daniel lawrence says robbie is kind of off handguns are already the most regulated in new york state oh i didn't say that they they're not passing things. I'm saying they're not pushing that in they're public. Targeting they're not teens. targeting it publicly. They're not talking about it because they know that that's not popular. <clears throat> Sweet Lou says Tim, according to USCCA app, NJ is a castle doctrine state with no duty to retreat while in your dwelling. Except I've talked to lawyers and I looked it up on numerous websites and I talked to the cops and they all say it's partial, partial castle doctrine. You need to, in order to qualify for staying in your home, you have to, you have to pass like three different criteria. And if it is possible for you to safely leave your home, you must do so. They call it castle doctrine, but heaven forbid you actually defend yourself. Then it's just an affirmative defense. But I was defending myself in my own home. Could you have left? Prove to us you, 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 you could, you couldn't have. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rad number two says, I have had a bet with gun grabbers, $100,000 in cash to them if they can legally buy an actual assault rifle without a background check. 
This bet has been standing for over 10 years and still no one has taken me up on it. It's actually, it's actually a good bet. I think you know what I'll do. 100,000 is too much, obviously. If you said 100 bucks, I'll bet you 100 bucks you can't buy an assault rifle without a background check. You'll make 100 bucks because mm-hmm. yep. I can't do it. I'll tell you this. I bet you, even with a background, I, I, how much you want to bet that you can't go into a gun store and buy an assault rifle? Without a background check. No, no, no. With a, with, with a background check. I'm just saying right now, would you, would you, how much money would you bet? I'll bet you right now that you can't walk into a gun shop and buy an assault rifle. Are you mean AR-15? I said assault rifle. Okay. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Define that's how you assault rifle. That's, I like that. I Select like that. fire yeah. rifles. They don't sell to civilians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you oh, go. Yeah. Well, but you, I, you I caught on you, there. You can pay the NFA tax. <laughs> I caught on. You, you, can, you can pay yeah. the NFA tax. it'll cost tax. me more yeah. than 100 bucks. And it, well, 200 It'll yeah. take you like a year. Mm. So you're not going to be able to. take that back. So technically, someone might be like, okay, because you can walk in and pay for it. You just can't take it. Yeah. So I'll be like, I, the better thing is, I bet you won't be able to buy an assault rifle from a gun shop and actually be like, it's hard to phrase. You got to phrase it right. I bet you you won't be able to get acquire get a an, yeah. get. I bet you you can't get an assault rifle at a gun shop yeah. right now. I bet you let's let's go do it. How much you want to bet? Hundred bucks. Let's go. And you'll show up, and the first thing that'll happen is they'll be like, "We don't have any." Okay, who has one? Then you'll show up, and they'll be like, "Okay, this is great." So if you want to buy it, then you got to just do the NFA paperwork. It can take. You, then you got to go get fingerprinted. So you can't just go and get one. Yeah, they're going to spend difficult. way more than their hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. And then afterwards, I'll be like, "Oh, congratulations! You got an assault rifle. It took you a year." <laughs> but, yeah. Crystal Kim says Elon made my crypto cry today. He needs to just stop. He is a rich, rich person trying to take your money. So don't don't panic sell. Well, oh, 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 I'm not giving advice. Do whatever you want. It's okay to cry sometimes. You'll be yeah. better tomorrow, and so will the crypto. All right. Nolan Buss says Elon's tweet was perfectly timed to dip cryptos into a very bullish pattern. This will be the dip before the massive rip. Elon knows energy consumption on Bitcoin is security feature and value. Elon showing the massive influx in, in uh, energy consumption means we're, on, we're, in my opinion, we're on the verge of a massive burst in price because it means more and more people are jumping into mining crypto. So when the price of Bitcoin skyrocketed, a bunch of people probably said there's a huge upside to mining. The energy consumption skyrocketed, which means Bitcoin is probably going to go up in value because more and more organizations are starting to adopt it yeah, or starting to use it. Ascendiate Media says, why are you lying, Tim? Bitcoin dipped before the tweet. Bitcoin was 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 like, what did, what did it get to? Like 61 or something? Yeah. Yeah. And it went down a little bit. Yeah, 55. And then it dropped from 57 to like 55. I mean, this was immediate. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you they watch all, it. Boom. They all dropped after that tweet. A hundred percent. All of them did. Could Every single one. I literally, I went, I saw the tweet. I read a couple comments. I went and I looked at the price of crypto and they were all just falling down like a falling knife as fast as they could. They put yeah, it into tether and they wait and then they yeah. buy it. Turn yeah. it back. Navasa says Cardano is on its own blockchain. Its blockchain is Ouroboros. Binance is is Binance smart chain. Ethereum is Ethereum blockchain, etc. Interesting. So I get it. The idea is that the Ethereum is the token of the Ethereum blockchain. Bitcoin is the token of the Bitcoin blockchain, I yeah, guess. Yeah. There you go. Sean Anderson says, what happens if the natural gas grid gets hacked in winter in the north? Who uh, would have thought pipeline would be independent, PLC not networked? Rachel Maddow said that. What if Russia hacks... 
the, 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 the <laughs> electricity and turns off the power in the winter. In Fargo. Well, yeah. this is the inherent problem, though, with um, nobody doing anything and the Biden administration being like, well, they're a private company. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, know, like, because they've now given $5 million to hackers. Hackers are now incentivized going, $5 million bucks. That's pretty cool. That's a good point. And so they're going to go now. And what other things are exploitable where we would pay in a heartbeat to get them back on? The Energy, water. our power grid, water. I mean, these things are common sense. We need these things. You can really start a real crisis in America if you go and do this. And it's a quick way for those hackers to make cash. And we just told them we negotiate with terrorists. We just do it through private companies now. It's crazy how vulnerable the power lines are. Mm. Yep. 100%. Yep. All right. Crypto Curious says, Tim, you should contact Charles Hoskinson. He co-founded Ethereum and is the creator of Cardano. Yeah. Cardano is its own blockchain and not an ERC token. That would actually be really great. Somebody actually tweeted at me and at him, and they're like, oh, they were just talking about you. We should have you on IRL. That'd be fantastic. So we can get someone to actually come in and explain how they built it, what it does, and go in depth. When you invited me on the show, I was like, you were like, when are you going to come on, on Tim's show? I was like, whenever he asked me, because this was like, <laughs> this was like the probably 80th person that was like, when are you going to go to Tim's show? I was like, whenever he asks me. And then you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. <laughs> well, I, I think that I had messaged you and I think that it got, you know, lost in the shuffle. I yeah. know you have open DMs and it gets lost for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I was like, we did ask you, Robbie. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, you did. And you were great about it. Um, I would have been like, what is wrong with this guy <laughs> delete you're not coming on uh, but you're, you're so sweet about it <laughs> all right archie Rea ray says tim proud floridian here desantis said and proved he will pardon any floridian for covid violations get charles hoskinson on the show he is the founder of ada cardano oh, and has yeah. amazing ideas for blockchain also please tell carl cardano please tell carl cardano better than ethereum hmm. well i don't know what's better or worse all i know is that they're very similar and i think ethereum is amazing technology and if you've got a co-founder and he's doing something similar, I think they're both just amazing technology. You look at Minds, for instance, and this is why I'm looking at it. Minds.com, amazing social network. Bill's doing great things with it. And it uses tokens in a very brilliant way so that you can basically run the ad system. It's a decentralized way of doing ads. Minds isn't necessarily it's, – it's semi-decentralized. But you earn tokens by just producing content, and you earn tokens because people are using tokens to buy ads. So it's an interesting way of adopting. That's interesting. I just spent five tokens to boost a post for 5,000 views today. It felt so good. Oh, cool. Right, right, right. So it's, it's, it's a really fascinating system, and I think it's interesting. And it's built on Ethereum. Ethereum allows software to be built on it. And so I'm looking at like the top cryptos, and I saw Cardano was similar. Same guy. And I'm like, these are the three that I think are good. These are the ones I bought. I'm not giving anyone advice. You do what you want to do. People prob- are bringing up a bunch of other co- to- coins and tokens, so don't take any advice from me. I'm just... Full disclosure, these are the ones that I have. I've heard the best things about Ethereum. I'd love to meet, you know, the guys who came up with it because it's interesting. Something that I think that I haven't seen anybody in politics really ask directly to people who are like super involved in the building of these, you know, futures of currency in many ways is, hey, what are you guys worried about government doing to interfere in this process? Because I want to understand the intricacies of what they see down the line 10 years from now. What is the problem going to be with government getting in the way of this prospering. Yeah. You know, that's something that I think more people need to understand. I think for truly decentralized coins, the government can never do anything. It's an honor system. Yeah. So with like, um, what is, is Zcash anonymous? You know, I don't know, but I think Bitrex stopped serving it. So it may be. They did Monero. Monero. Mon- yeah. Mon- they stopped serving Monero. Yeah. Because uh-huh, of US regulations, probably. Mm-hmm. Monero. So Bitcoin, every transaction you can see. Yeah. I think Monero and Zcash, I could be wrong. You can't. 
So ransomware hackers will be like, we Use want that stuff. Yep, the the yeah. obfuscated, hard to track, and, and money there's, laundering. There's a bunch of tricks for laundering Bitcoin as well to make it hard to know who did what. Yeah. Danny Douglas says Navy nuke here AMA. You should have Colian Noir on. He's an attorney and expert in 2A. Also, he's a really great guy. Does a good job explaining why we need the Second Amendment. He has a standing invitation. I am familiar with him. He's great. Eric Miller says, it's still a good idea to get your carry permit for reciprocity with other states. Otherwise, it's only good for your state. Also, Tennessee also has 10 gigabit internet and a nuclear power dam in Chattanooga. All right, we're moving to Nashville. That's it. It's honestly, I'm telling you, if you had me as the rep there, you have all this greatness (laughs) going on. You got open carry, concealed carry, just constitutional carry. It's going to be a great place. I want Tennessee to be known as the freest state in this country. Like, real freedom. You know, pretend Rand Paul was running a state. It's amazing. Weather's pretty good. Yeah, I I love the weather. I I went there only when I was young, and we stayed on a lake. It was incredible. Yeah, you get, get like, any southern state, you get a little humid period for, like, you know, like six, eight weeks, something like that. Fall is gorgeous. During winter, I love winter clothes. I'm a big, like, I love coats. I love all that stuff. I like dressing warm. I like warm socks. So I'm a big fan. Well, yeah, there's some mountains in, in Tennessee. You know, I mean, obviously there's the, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, next to Dollywood, there's, I'm trying to think of this other place that you guys would like. Um, God, what's the name of it? They have like this restaurant, a media studio and all this stuff. I'll send it to you. But there's a bunch of places you guys would like to visit that are really cool. But we've got beautiful so, mountains all, right, well, all over. Y'all are competing with Texas and Florida. Tennessee needs to pass one of these social media protection bills. Yep. We're and working then- on it. We're working on Are it. Are they so, really? Cool. Yeah. We're so working on it. With uh, with Texas being the best, I mean, it might not guarantee your protection because they'll go to a federal lawsuit and they could over, always over, over overturn your, you know, say no. But if the state gives you those protections, you can win at a local court and then yeah. force the company to take you uh, somewhere else. Imagine what's going to happen when you have hundreds of thousands of people. Okay. Maybe tens of thousands of conservatives with small accounts who are banned for saying learn to code. Yeah. They file immediately with the court in Texas. And then all of a sudden, Facebook has to answer a hundred, you know, a hundred to you know fifty thousand individual lawsuits. Yep. All of a sudden, they're going to be like, "We can't afford to do that." Yep. And Turn their their on. initial reaction is going to be, "Text, we're not going to operate in Texas." But you get every red state to do the same thing. Yep. That's how you change their behavior, and that's why I've said every governor of every state needs to. Grow some courage. Mm-hmm. Get out there and do the same thing. There's all these governors who are not very well liked right now because of COVID policy. And my advice to all of them is the same. Look at what DeSantis is doing. Copy it. And people are going to like you. Yeah. Because he's listening to people. He's essentially, he's he's more of a populist than in old school. You know, like, that's something we don't talk enough about. We are not the Mitt Romney corporate raider era Republican Party. We're a populist movement. We care about people. We care about workers. We care about things like, you know, having no more endless wars. This is the future for us. And the way that we do this is let's clone Ron DeSantis, put him over yes. all these states. Clone him? Oh, and, how about and make like freedom the president? Happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or, or that. But without the Senate <laughs> or the House, yeah. you know, fat little good, the president's going to pull off, right? Yeah. But we need more people to rise up with the ideology that are willing to do what's necessary. And, you know, I do recognize something really interesting. The media attacks that work on all the weak Republicans in D.C. don't work on DeSantis. And a lot of people in D.C., they love doing workshopping and wasting money on getting consultants. They should really consult those consultants to study why (laughs) Mm -hmm. the media attacks don't work on him. It's not hard to figure out. Yeah. 
All right. Waffle Sensei says they are trying to destroy the credibility of Riot Squad because Richie is going to be a, if not the key witness in the Rittenhouse case. The narrative must be set long ahead of the trial. Richie must start anti-tweeting now. No, he should just keep doing what he's doing. But it's true. He's going to be one of the most important witnesses that is going to lay the groundwork for, in my opinion, a uh, uh, self-defense argument for uh, Rittenhouse. And with Richie as a witness, it's I don't see how any reasonable person would convict Kyle Rittenhouse. However, people who are in fear for their lives are no longer reasonable. Correct. So when they're like, they're going to burn your house down, they're going to burn the city down, people are going to be like, I don't care about this yeah, one people kid. People are panicking. Reason goes out the window. Some yeah. I think, I think in this case, a lot of people are going to be like, he, he lives in, in Antioch. He's not even in Wisconsin. Why are we dealing with this? Why are they, they're going to burn out our city? Nah, lock him up. It won't work, though. We saw, you know, riot, riot protests are going to happen no matter what. You just got to tell these people no. But too many people are cowards. And I think Rittenhouse is one that may start um, a sort of new version of right-wing populist protests because if if they put him in prison, like this is this could be anybody's kid. Okay, if your kid was you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old, they're protecting a shop. They try to do the right thing and protect themselves. Somebody shot a gun that they may have perceived to be at them, and they're being chased by a mob. That could be anybody's kid. The guy was attacking him with the skateboard. One hundred percent, smash him in the it's head. Not. It's insane. It's insane. There's no. There's honestly no argument for this not being self defense. This is self defense. In, in right. every like, this is why yep. we have self defense. Right. Well, he wasn't. He was wasn't old enough to carry a weapon, which might be, but it's like a misdemeanor. Sure. You know? Yeah. Give him a misdemeanor. But you are allowed to. Uh, I guess the law is. I, don't, I could be wrong about Wisconsin. If you are a minor. And you're in danger, you can pick up a gun from somewhere else yeah. and use it to defend yourself. So, uh, that's Big 10 4 says Ethereum gas fees sucks. You have to spend $140 on a $100 transaction. I don't, is that true? Well, I don't know. Not always. He says ADA is with low gas fees and 100% decentralized. ETH is not decentralized. Cardano is the future. You need to invite Charles. That'd be fantastic. Um, I know ETH isn't decentralized. Max was, Max Kaiser was talking about yeah. that. He, he mentioned that they have reversed transactions in the past as well. I don't know the, a lot, all the details. Gas fees suck. I'm I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to talk to him uh, because it would be great to have an actual someone actually in the dev space for cryptocurrencies to talk about what, a lot of what's going on. So, you know, absolutely. Uh, but if you haven't already, make sure you smash that like button and you can follow this show on Facebook, facebook.com slash TimCastIRL. We post clips from the show and you can share them, which helps us leverage Facebook's network to get people to go to TimCast.com and become members so that we can guarantee that in the event we get banned or purged or whatever, we are still able to produce content. You can also find us on Instagram at TimCastIRL for the same reason. Comment, like the post, all that good stuff. And you can follow me personally at TimCast. We do the show live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. We're going to have a bonus segment up at uh, about 11 or so. So make sure you subscribe to TimCast.com. Is there anything you would like to shout out? Robbie. Absolutely. If you want to volunteer and help grow this movement so that we can make America free again and, you know, be supportive of candidates like me who believe in no more wars, no more lockdowns, no more mandates, go to freedomforever.us, sign up to be a volunteer. You can do it from any state and we'll help you connect with candidates in your area or you can help in my race. You guys can also follow me at iancrossland.net and at iancrossland across social media. Do me a favor, go to timcast.com, click the store button, and then buy one of those mugs that say, don't fight an alligator underwater. (laughs) Don't be drawn into their game. If you're going to fight an alligator, which I don't suggest, do it on land. (laughs) Do it on your terms. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) 
I love that mug, and I really love talking to people like Robbie. It gives me such a great sense of optimism for the future to see younger people who are really stepping up and making it happen. You can follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids as I pursue my lifelong dream of having more followers and Sour Patch Lids. <laughs> I forgot to say follow life. at Robbie Starbucks, but that's go. everywhere. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. And although uh, Ian's been very mean to Doge, if you are looking in the chat right now, you will see a link to the Doge to the Moon yeah. shirt. So I go to TimCast.com, <laughs> click store, and you will see the to the moon shirt. It's modeled off the I am a gorilla shirt because apparently this is a meme, a theme we're doing now, I guess. But instead of a gorilla, it's a Shiba Inu holding stacks of cash with coins flying <laughs> out behind it says to the moon. So check that out. Get it if you'd like. And we'll see you all over at TimCast.com in about an hour. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.